Wow, we were just talking about it. And you know what? You know, I'm really enjoying presenting ourselves to all you folks out there. So out in out in YouTube land, and I'm so glad we're on YouTube and we finally taken that step. And it looks professional. Yeah. Looks good. But I'll tell you this, Adam, it's clear to me now more than ever. Yeah, I got a face for podcasting. <laughs> it's, it's obvious that on the mic, uh, maybe behind the cameras where we belong. If I was in Hollywood, I would definitely be like a, more like a producer type guy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, uh, maybe uh, I don't know, one of the talent recruiters or something, but... Probably not one of the main leads. So I've t- said that to a few guys. I'm like, listen, if I had a choice of this podcast, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I love talking about video games. Yeah, I love yeah. talking about video game franchises, but I really feel there's someone way prettier than me that could be doing this. Um, <laughs> I think by and large, podcasters, you know, maybe we fit the prototype. I don't know. I feel like uh, <laughs> I, I have heard before that a group of like two or more white middle-aged males is actually referred to as a podcast. <laughs> 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 Have you not heard that? No. <laughs> that was a joke that was making around for a while, but it's highly accurate. So it, is. it is highly accurate. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Uh, anyway, so if you're watching, thank you for watching. Like, I, I really appreciate it. It's nice to get a few extra views on there for, for, for each episode. It's kind of nice. Uh, looks like the one that's gotten the most views so far is definitely the uh, Justin Roiland one. Yeah. So for, for anybody who's seen that on YouTube. So thank you for watching. All, all 50 45 subscribers, whatever we got. <laughs> so it's absolutely wonderful. And uh, today uh, we're going to talk about something. We're going to talk about something big. Before we get to that, this is Running Geek official podcast on the pod with us today. We have Leon Plebby and Adam. Ooh, very nice. And of course, Alex Austin. And uh, today we're going to deep dive into uh, Resident Evil. That's the big topic oh. for today. So we're going to break this franchise I down. Be, I get to be blonde haired, pretty boy. Oh, yeah, dude. Good good boy, Leon. Ooh, blonde hair. Yeah, I think it did. Wait, 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 wait. It was blonde. So, all right. Well, then I get to be uh, I get to be Claire. So, let's see. <laughs> and then we get to break down uh, this game, analyze the essence of it, and discuss its strengths and weaknesses. The question we're looking to answer today, does the franchise stay true to its roots over the test of time? Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and dive right into it. It is becoming a hot topic again because this month, later on this month, I'm going to say the 23rd, 27, 25th, couldn't really tell you. I don't know. But Resident Evil 4 Remake comes out. Uh-huh. So, and uh, it's getting quite a lot of attention as it should. It should. And I think through our discussion, it's going to be a real interesting take because 4, as we'll talk a little bit more now, was a huge change for Resident Evil. And it's also, I mean, you know, I, I didn't pull up the sales numbers yet on here. Maybe you could pull them up over there. But I, I think Resident Evil 4 was also kind of the high watermark for the series in terms of quality, in terms of the popularization of it. I think yeah. it was a very, very high watermark. Uh, interestingly, and we'll get to it a little bit more in depth in, in a bit here. We'll, we'll sort of attack this chronologically. But Resident Evil 4, uh, GameCube release initially. So yeah. it's, it's just like <laughs> shocking. But actually, there was a minute there. There was actually a minute there where it was like, uh, so they did the Resident Evil 1 remake and then they actually did a Resident Evil Zero directly following that in the same year in 2002. And then Resident Evil 4 debuted on uh, GameCube. So I think there was like a four or five year span there where Nintendo had some sort of deal with Capcom that like, or yeah. like with Shinji Mikami or something like that. They So Nintendo oftentimes did that to boost the sales of their own stuff. It yeah. was pretty normal for them to do that. Also, according to this, um, number four, sold just the GameCube version, right? Yeah. We're not going to go into Oh, that's what I wanted to know was GameCube Just versus... the GameCube was 1.6 million worldwide. The PS2 was 2 million. Interesting. 
I thought overall it would have done more. So I, th- I think it went on to do more because there's oh, yeah. some PC. Five and, five and six yeah, yeah. blew it out of the yeah, water. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah, from a critical standpoint, though, Resident Evil 4, definitely a high watermark up to this point. Uh, if you exclude the recent remakes i think they both oh, were yeah. reviewed very very favorably uh as well as village uh so this is or as i like to call it eight age because <laughs> if you look at the title it's a, it's village the first five are oh, make up eight gotcha. and they're in yellow and then eight <laughs> age. resident evil eight age <laughs> nice very nice i like how they do that uh so shinji mikami uh definitely considered kind of the the brainchild behind this oh, so yeah. definitely the creator uh he goes back a long way with capcom actually i don't even know if resident evil was was his first game so he had started um let's see he did goof troop that was one of his first titles he was put on so the <laughs> capcom doing licensed licensed titles for early platforms so very nice so uh I think that's pretty exciting for him. Kind of get your foot in the door. So other licensed properties he had done before that with Capcom uh, would have actually been uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the Game Boy. Aladdin. Which Aladdin, no? Trying to see. It doesn't say which version and Goose Oh, it's the Super Nintendo version. Super Nintendo version. Okay, so uh, allegedly the superior version. Yeah, yeah. Is what I understand. For sure. So interesting that he was a part of that. And then, of course, uh, he goes on to create Resident Evil. Interesting jump going from uh, Goof Troop and Aladdin and licensed (laughs) Disney properties. He clearly got a little too fed up with the colorfulness of things. (laughs) It was like, fuck this, I'm going to make everyone die. So, you know, how do you you make a statement out of that, right? So he... um, you know, he, he creates this game, Resident Evil. So this ends up coming out in 1995, 6. I'll go back a screen. That'll tell us for sure so I don't mess that up. <laughs> Let's see. It was 1996. And to go from making these licensed properties and making the game where in the first five minutes of the game you witness, like, one of your team members being, like, eaten <laughs> yeah. by a zombie on the floor. Well, that's the one where they start with, like, a, a helicopter crash, isn't it? Or they're, they're, No, they're landing from a helicopter crash or something. No, there was no. I don't think they crashed at the beginning. Oh, I thought. The, am I thinking of the wrong? Oh, maybe they, maybe they did. Yeah, yeah, maybe they did. Uh, some. I don't know if they crashed or they saw a crash. Is what they did. So, well, we can actually verify this. So you it no really no matter. no you don't you don't crash I believe oh okay, uh, no okay. your your task was just investigating the mansion you just get in okay. yeah 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 and then as soon as you get in there's other there's multiple members of your team when you get there and then everybody kind of plays a role throughout the game but right uh you know big, big, big twist here for people who don't know but you know the bad guy going in oh yeah yeah big time <laughs> honestly so. is one of the weirdest bad guys that I kind of like throughout a series which is oh, ridiculous totally. like totally. the guy lasts as a villain way longer than he ought to oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Wesker it's funny Cap- <laughs> Capcom's like overestimation of like how much we want to see this character coming back again and again <laughs> They keep, it's funny because they keep killing him, supposedly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he keeps coming back. You're like, what the fuck is like, going I'm on? I'm pretty sure I murdered that guy with a rocket launcher, like a grenade launcher. Twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he just keeps coming back. So yeah. um, anyway, interesting, interesting game. Uh, so the original Resident Evil was actually conceived as a remake of an earlier horror game mm-hmm. called Sweet Home, which I didn't know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the producer on that one is Tokuro Fujiwara. I don't think he was with Capcom, but anyway, this is a really interesting uh, twist on this that the original Resident Evil might have been a remake of an earlier. It was Resident Evil type game. It was. It was. I remember back in the day they had those like horror games where there, remember the VHS horror games where you'd be like watching through security cameras and things like oh, that. Yeah. I don't know if Sweet Home was like that, but it, uh, it it was it was just another horror thing. Nice. Resident Evil was just their own version of that. 
Yeah, Resident Evil, like, uh, for, for its part, I think was uh, kind of like a nuclear bomb in terms of, like, ho- the horror genre. Oh, yeah. I think it, it just brought the horror genre right to the surface. Uh, obviously, horror is just a huge genre in general, like, across all media. Yeah. So it's very cool that here's a game that just really seemed to resonate with a lot of people. And I think this moves systems in its day, too. Like, what was the original sales numbers on Resident Evil 1? If you can pull that up in the meantime yeah. here. So uh, this is a Capcom title. Um yeah, dropped a pretty good acclaim as well. So the first Resident Evil got great reviews. Also had uh, one of the first sort of uh, pre-rendered videos in, in PlayStation games as well. So it was very really? early on the pre-rendered stuff. So getting in there and seeing the, uh, in, in terms of what you encounter in the actual game, like that whole first portion when wow. you see your friend getting chewed apart by... A zombie that was that was CG, full pre-rendered CG. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, so it by December 1997, it had sold four million copies. Wow, worldwide. no shit. Wow. So that was one of Capcom's biggest games for a long time. Interesting too the uh, the remake that came out for GameCube that we'll get to. I don't know. I it's, especially, I always look at these numbers weirdly because nowadays you look at numbers of sales for a game and compare it to this time, and yeah. they were so different because. Not as many people gamed. It That's wasn't right. as mass accepted as it is now. Yeah, I mean, it, that was, you know, say 4 million on a PlayStation 1 owner base of, you know, however many there were. Yeah, at that exactly. Point, right? 40, 50 million or whatever, right? So it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's actually pretty impressive up to, you know, call it, you know, seven, eight, nine percent of users of that platform have I mean, played this. Considering that game, I don't know. I, I've never, I've never, okay, I don't want to say I've never played them. I think I just admitted to you that I've never played one and two. And I, it's not exactly true that I've never played them. I've never played them for more than a few minutes. It'd and that's tough too nowadays. That's because, for sure. Well, even with the, the remasters or the remakes, whatever you want to call them, they were uh, no. Really? <laughs> the tank controls? Well, that's, that's. I cannot do it. Yeah. So it's the tank controls. So these are um, a, a lot of games around that time. We're doing tank controls. So it was just uh, a, a lot of it was to save on action happening on the screen so you could allocate the graphical processing power to other things happening on the screen. Yeah. But also part of it was just the strategy of it. So Resident Evil, you know, at its core, Resident Evil 1 was an action title, right? For the for, no. for all intents and purposes. No, but, no, no, no. So no, that's but, one thing I horribly agree with, uh, disagree with. Well, no, no, but but I'm saying what it, what it actually turned out to be, like, in regards to the player, is more like a puzzle game. You know what I mean? Like, I you're kind of solving different rooms as you go through. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah. It was built as an action I don't think game, it's though. an act. No, I think it was built because it's based on the Sweet Home, right? No, build. B-I-L-L-E-D. Like, oh. I, I, I think they sold it as an action game. Did they? Oh, yeah. Like a survival action horror. Yeah. See, and I, I thought they always sold it as a horror. If you watch um, certain uh, advertisements from like, so John Romero made yeah. a, um, for number two, yeah. he made the number two trailer or, yep. or, or whatever, commercial, which was live action. So uh, there if, was live action in the first game too. Yeah. If you're getting jo- John Romero to do your, your horror, your trailer, your commercial, mm-hmm. you want horror. No, no, I, I mean, it is horror. All I'm saying is I think my, my impression of the game before I ever even saw it was that you run around shooting zombies. So oh, it's yeah. just a portion of it, but it's actually heavier on solving things. Uh, see, and I, I always took it as because of the way when I, when I witnessed it, like I said, I've never played them. When yeah, I yeah. witnessed it being played, it always felt more like you weren't trying to shoot the zombies. You're the first thing that went through your mind was, first of all, can I afford to shoot this zombie? Can I get around it? Oh yeah. You, I mean, you, you could, I, I'll tell you this in the game, you don't spend 
and this is coming from someone who's played the original once, played the remake twice. Like you don't, you don't, you don't have to be as conservative as you're thinking. Like once you get like once you get good with using like the knife and stuff like that, you could pretty well incapacitate a zombie with a single bullet and then knife him and you're good to go. Or you get the uh you actually get the bullets or the, the grenades and you can actually shove grenades into their mouths as well. And <laughs> in number of, one and two? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very inventive, but there was all kinds of ways to kill the zombies, okay. not just shooting at them. But um but there was a lot of inventory management. See, and there is a huge discussion of whether the first game was cla- is classified as or first or second is classified as a Metroidvania because of so much backtracking and unlocking. So you'd go to one area, find you, you, you'd have one section of the mansion available to you, go find a key or a, something to unlock something. Yeah. And it would, and you'd have to backtrack through the mansion, go right. find, and then it would unlock another section. And then that would unlock a different section where you'd backtrack through it. And eventually you have this singular map that you're just slowly expanding through unlocks. Yeah. Now I don't agree with that statement it's a it's cute to cute argument that it's a metro because there's a lot of backtracking and unlocking yeah. and it's one singular map that you memorize right yep that's right but i think a metroidvania is specifically your abilities you gain abilities that you can use in combat and use in traversal which is what allows you to unlock i would the also say space. like a heavy platforming element yeah when it comes to uh metroidvania games so e- yeah. even even more modern titles like we talked about last week uh metroid you know what I mean? yeah like the metroid prime remake like it's still still very heavily a platformer you still mm-hmm. gotta do a lot of skilled jumps and things like that in there right like it's yeah. uh definitely still barking up that tree so i'd say resident evil little less on like the mobility skill unless you're talking about your ability to position yourself in a room full of zombies to be able to See, survive one argument I, the reason I, I i have a very weird feeling about these games is there's a lot of these purists that are like, well, back in the day, they had these really tough controls because it, you know, put you afraid and it was really hard to control because well, like it was scary. Because they it, were purposely convoluted. Because yeah. they were pur- purposely convoluted. Like, no, they weren't purposely convoluted. They just sucked at making controls back then. That was not on purpose. <laughs> no one designed that knowing there was a better way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And then designed backwards to make it worse. Nobody yeah, yeah. did that. That's just how games were then. Yeah. So I, I don't like that purist mentality. We're like, oh, I like it when you know, the Resident Evil games have shitty controls. Fuck you. You're an idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say, uh, again, like I sort of hinted at earlier, I think a lot of that was a limitation of the system and, and mm-hmm. the technology at the time, but also just an experience, right? Like there, there hadn't been a 3D horror type game quite that intense and this was barely 3d right right well yeah yeah barely barely yeah so the, obviously 2d 2d rendered backgrounds. backgrounds yeah yeah they, yeah they ran around in uh they did a good enough job though of, oh, yeah. of sort of giving you that that depth of field uh, i think they did a, feeling even with the i like the cinematic shots i think that was an interesting state i think that was a still just a limitation of the system yeah. i don't think that's what they really wanted a lot of people talk to that as going that's a huge part of the horror and it is a huge part of the horror where you don't know what's around the next corner because of the camera angle and I think that's pretty cool, but I don't think it was uh, a meant. I don't think it was something they designed. I think it was just something they were limited to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, a formula that would get elaborated on over and over throughout the series, uh, throughout the game series history. Um, I would say by Resident Evil Two, they had already refined quite a bit of it in terms of the, how the tank controls actually operate. Yes. Uh, let me go back here. So, so Resident Res- Evil 1 was good when it came out. Yeah, Resident Evil 1 was good when it came out, but there wasn't much to compare it to. Yeah. So, in fact, by the time Resident Evil 2 came out, I think the only other survival horror that had dropped in a big way on the PS1 up to that point was Silent Hill 1. So, which in some ways was similar, some ways was different. Um, definitely, 
you know, pretty creative with uh, the environments and the enemies. I was uh, always more of a Silent Hill fan, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, you like the fog? You like the fogginess? I like the fogginess, and I think I always liked the uh, Silent Hill was more of a psycho thriller of, like, the character's own psyche. And I, oh, could, I gotcha. kind of enjoy that aspect. Oh, here's a fun one that got by Wikipedia here. If you're editing, if you're in a Wikipedia editor, you see the name Biohazard in the description of Resident Evil. And, of course, Biohazard being the Europe and Asia name of the game series. Yeah, yeah. So, and we only call it Resident Evil here in the West. Uh, so, if you if you just hover over the word Biohazard, the band <laughs> Biohazard has hijacked this link. That's <laughs> funny. I think that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So uh, they really have nothing to do with the game. So, but that's that's pretty funny. They figured that out. Good for them. Good for them. So um, let's see. Evil. So Resident Evil One would go on. It, so it debuted on PlayStation. It would eventually go to the Sega Saturn. Uh, that was the last pure port for the game. Yeah. That was the last pure port. So unless you owned a PS1 or a Sega Saturn, there was no way for you to play that game for a long time. Eventually it came out on PC, but by the time it came out on PC, there was already a remake. Yes. So the, uh, which which we'll get to. Resident Evil 2 actually dropped just two years later. Just two years later. Yeah, and it's widely considered to be the best of the, I guess we'll call it the, cl- there's almost like three generations of Resident Evil games. Yeah, like if you look at right. it, there's like three different, maybe four different generations. If you really break it down, um, I think it's it's generally classified as the best of the first generation. Okay, which is that classic tank controls, um, slow, methodical. Uh, I, I would say whoever said that is wrong because Code Veronica and Resident Evil Zero are both better than Resident Evil Two. So. <laughs> Code Veronica's good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's better games than Resident Evil 2, even early on. So, interesting, they would say that. So, Resident Evil 2 dropped a much acclaim in 1998. Uh, obviously, too much fanfare. I remember, in particular, this one, uh, really anticipating its release. I was very excited to see it. Uh, talking with friends about renting it right off the hop as well. So really? Remember, yeah, yeah. People, people being very excited for this one in general. I remember it came out early on, and we... Rented it, went over to somebody's house and watched them play for the first couple hours of it and saw the liquor and everything. And like, it's it, it's a great game. So, the um, original sold the original, um, what was this, PS2 version? No, Resident Evil 2. Um, it sold it was ni- 93% for four, the original. Nice, 4.96 million copies. Wow, holy shit skis. So, yeah, this one went full blockbuster then, yeah, for Capcom. That's incredible. Uh, so the original PlayStation version at 93%. This Inter- is also, I think, where they introduced my boy Leon. Absolutely. Interestingly, this is also um, the only one that was ever ported to uh, Nintendo 64. Yeah. It actually got a <laughs> Nintendo 64 port. Um, Which is really, really weird because they did um, pre uh, they for it. Uh, so in like the original version, they didn't do pre-rendered cinematics. Yeah. In... For whatever reason, because of the way the other consoles couldn't handle, I think it was this, I think it was PS, I think it was Resident Evil 2, they couldn't handle the cinematic, so they had to like pre-render them, yes. and it was weird to see a pre-rendered cinematic on 64. Well, they had to, well, they had to, it, it wasn't just that it was pre-rendered, it's, it's like they had to strip it down to like the lowest resolution possible to save on pixels, right? Well, like it was also, pre, like it didn't, when the, when the um, cinematics ran, they were pre-shot, so they were just videos that were playing rather than like in just in-game footage while the game was running, doing it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The um, Resident Evil 2, um, and it, it set GameCube as well, but I was trying to remember, was that like a straight port or what was that? I don't recall that. I don't know. 
So interesting. Um, yeah, this one uh, also released on Dreamcast. This was also the age of Dreamcast. Might have been one of the latter games. No, no, it would have been an early game for Dreamcast, I guess, in 1998. I, I know so Dreamcast little about Dreamcast. launched in 2000, though. So it would have had to have been after 2000. So interesting. They got a version of this, like, far after the fact. Huh. I forget about the Dreamcast most well, of my life. <laughs> well... So uh, Resident Evil 2 came out to much fanfare. And uh, this also introduced um, new characters as well. So you played as, um, uh, who was it, uh, Claire and Chris in the original? Yep, Claire yep. and Chris, yep. And in the... No, no, no. Uh, first one was, I thought, was it was it Claire and Chris? I thought, no, I thought it was Jill oh, and Chris. Jill and Chris, you're right. Claire Jill was and Resident Chris. Evil 3, wasn't it? Claire is 2, I thought. Who? No, no, and 2 we have... Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was, uh, was uh, Leon, Leon and Chris's sister, which I thought it was Claire. Oh, maybe didn't name her in here. I don't recall then. So the uh, so anyway, Leon is is the one you play in for for a good chunk of the game, and he also comes back later in Resident Evil Four, so you get to see more of him as well. Uh, this was actually a, a really cool game for a couple of reasons. One, because they really took the horror elements to the absolute next level. They made the game more immersive, or as immersive as it could possibly be yeah. on the PlayStation One with the limitations there. And I think anybody who's played it in earnest remembers the first encounter with the liquor that I mentioned earlier. It just <laughs> this happens within the first ten minutes of the game uh when you're when you're leon and you're basically put up against an enemy you've never seen before is basically kind of like a little mini boss you know what i mean it, with the first time <laughs> you encounter him and uh it's it's basically a zombie creature that can like crawl along the ceiling and then you see it skitter across the window at the end of the hallway like it's just it's it was terrifying yeah for its day it's just so much fun it's funny how how often like that moment clearly had an impact on a lot of people yeah because if you watch a lot of the movies and tv shows and stuff that moment where Leon fights a liquor yeah. is like usually, uh, oh my God, it's coming moment. They, they hype it up a lot. Yeah, there was even a Resident Evil movie recently where it was like, uh, I don't know what it was called. Uh, Welcome to Raccoon City or was something it? like that. Yeah. But it, was it the one where there was Raccoon just like an army of liquors and somebody was controlling the army of liquors or something? Anyway, it was pretty wild looking, whatever it was. But anyway, I haven't seen it. Um I see, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on movies in this, too. We so will. We've got to. I will not be favorable toward the movies. I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. Um, so, anyway, that's uh, yeah, that's Resident Evil 2. So, um, I don't know. I, I still, as far as I can tell, a lot of people consider it their first love. I think, obviously, based on the sales, it's probably where they came in the series. Yeah, at. for a lot of people, it was their first game. I think that's why. Yeah. And I, I guess all you really have to know from the first one is Raccoon City, bunch of shit went down. Shit didn't get fixed. Maybe it got worse. I'm back there. That's all you really have to know. So that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, the story was pretty simple. There was some company accidentally let out a virus that... Of the Umbrella Corps. Yeah. Uh, the Wuhan company accidentally... It's a little too close to home How nowadays. dare you? How dare you? <laughs> it's a little too close to home. <laughs> accidentally let out a virus and we had to nuke a city. That's basically it. <laughs> so I think it gets nuked at the end of two, doesn't it? Or uh, at the end of three. Maybe at the end of three, yeah, okay. yeah, maybe at the end of three. But the, um, yeah, so in Resident Evil 1, you're just exploring the mansion to try and understand the sort of epicenter of this thing. And then Resident Evil 2, you're actually in the city, you're in Raccoon City. I think you're, you also spend a good time in RPDs. Oh, yeah, that's right. In, yeah, in, yeah, in the police station. In yeah, the police station. And, uh... Anyway, the uh, again, the setting, very, very cool. Definitely very immersive in this one. I, I do recall Resident Evil 2 being a little bit heavier on the action as well. Like, more ammunition, more zombies, more shooting. So they were able to have, I think, double the amount of zombies on screen. Oh, shit. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Which is why, yes, they definitely had more. Which is, I, 
I think it's a huge discussion to have as we go on through the Resident Evil games. I find that they keep talking about them getting more and more action based. Yeah. And how at some point, and this is, we'll talk about this when we get to four, I think the big deal is clear. They wanted this to be more action and the system held them back. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell it because every game gets more and more zombies, more and more action every single time. And this is clearly still another step in that direction. Interesting, interesting uh, path here as well. So they had, they had completed a game that they were calling Resident Evil 1.5. 1. 1. They, yeah, yeah. they abandoned it when it was 60 to 80% complete. They moved on to Resident it's Evil 2. It's so complete that people have been able to take it and actually get it running and wild. play through it. Absolutely wild. Yeah. So anyway, Shinji Mikami, his producer, got the job done on that, which is pretty cool. Yep. So definitely like that. Um, let's see. So moving on to Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. This was a year later. Yeah, this it was, was one later. year. That's crazy. Eh? Now, interesting, because it wasn't, um, wasn't this one of the remakes as well recently? Uh, I don't know. Okay, the, maybe. This maybe is not, not one of the remakes that I cared about if it okay. was true. So, yeah, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis came out a year later. I, I think this is an interesting thing. Oh, you plays Jill Valentine in this one. This just, is the one where he plays Jill. Or she's back, rather. Yeah, she's back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just to give you a sense of what we're talking about here, it sold 41,395 copies. Wow. In its GameCube release. That's insane. That's so when you're talking about Resident Evil 3? Yes. That's absolutely wild. So basically, I mean, for all intents and purposes, uh, a commercial failure. A commercial failure. So now the remake, there was a remake. It was released in 2020, and that came out to much fanfare. Oh, I got, no, sorry. That was just sold just in the United States. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I don't see a worldwide one. Yeah, the remake did a lot better anyway. So it uh, came out to much better reviews. And oh, for as well. sure. Yeah, yeah. Although Resident Evil, the Resident Evil 2 remake did even better than that. So that's like one of the highest rated oh, games yeah. from like the last but three years. Again, we're kind of talking about it. it. sounds like Resident Evil 2 is when everyone started jumped on the bandwagon yeah. ship and got Yeah, yeah there. I can see that. I can see that. Let's see. Um, <laughs> funny. Uh, on, on Facebook, it, it's talking about the Nemesis yeah. uh, as a creature that's heavily inspired by the T-1000 Terminator from the 1991 film. Terminator okay. Two that makes Day. sense. I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that tracks. coming back. <laughs> but I, you know, it's also felt like it was inspiration because there is the villain number two that sort of would just show up and fuck around with you and had like a huge trench coat. Oh yeah, at the uh, police station. Yeah, he yeah. kind of reminded me. I he kind of reminded me of just him. Like clearly, he was an evolution of that guy too. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to remember what that, that was. It what was his name? Oh, that's really good. Let me know. Yeah, look look him up. Hunk. The, you're talking about the guy with the trench coat. Yeah, the big guy. The hunk. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Thank you. So the uh, Resident Evil Three, then 1999. Not too much fanfare. When did it actually come out on PlayStation Two though? Ooh. Um, on PlayStation 2, um, because on 2009, now it's to PlayStation 3. Crazy. What what a long history for some of these games coming yeah. out on various platforms. So this is this is the first series we've covered where it's like five, six, seven, it's eight, crazy. nine years in between platform releases. And not only that, but how, <laughs> like, how can it get on that many different platforms? Like this, I, we lived in a different world back then. It's, it came out on, police, on PSP. That's insane. The emulation. That's insane. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, so like Dreamcast, GameCube, PlayStation. Like, it's just nuts the amount of platforms at that time. Wild. Well, I, I, I don't think this got as much love. I don't know. Did you play this one? I know. No, I did not play it when it originally came out. I played it long after. I think that tells you something a lot about it. Yeah. Um, 
maybe i don't know maybe uh, it, it's tough to say man like i think it was the sped up development cycle though um good Shin, shinji mikami was still involved here as a producer although it was interesting one of the um original creators I, and i'm trying to remember who jumped ship on the second one but it was the second one was being heavily criticized by one of the original biohazard resident evil creators uh for the story so he just really appreciate it. yeah so maybe maybe some within capcom already kind of saw where it was heading and that there would be some serious attrition coming following resident evil 2 so, oh. Because it's it's shocking, and I find that weird because the next game, which I think is the most divisive of all the games, because it it changed Resident Evil dramatically. So I'm not going through all the different side ones. I guess we should talk about Code Veronica for a second. Well, the, yeah, there was also Resident Evil Survivor. Resident Evil Survivor was actually a light gun shooter that came out on the PlayStation in 2000. We're not going to spend any time on that though. It's just a light gun shooter. They're they're famous, but that's about it. Well, take it take it for what it is. Yeah. they had a couple of them. The next one, there's I don't know. There's a lot of side ones that I don't know a lot about because I never really touched on them. They, they never really affected my life. Now, interestingly, I think this one came out first. This is Code Veronica is the next one. Uh, so this actually came out, I believe, first. Didn't it come out on Dreamcast? It's possible. Yeah, Code Veronica 2000. I'm pretty sure that was a Dreamcast released first. Code Veronica was the one that introduced the Wesker. Was it the Wesker? No. Was it the no, Wes Wesker, Wesker was in the original. No, who was the, who was the twin kid? They, they were the kids like the director of Umbrella or something. Oh, who you end up playing with as like... Much later in the series? No, I don't think you end up... No, you don't end up playing as them. They become villains. Um, one guy's, like, insane. He has to be alone. His sister's put in, like, a coma. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so this this is starring Claire and, I believe, Chris. So, oh, is this Chris Yeah, this I'm pretty sure, yeah. It, yeah, it tells you, like... I don't know. It's it's considered... It, it expanded the story quite a bit, but it's not really a loved game. <laughs> well, this was the first one that did the full real-time 3D environments, so maybe that had something to do with it. So this is, uh, graphically, it's the first major departure from the franchise as people had known it up to that point. And, and I don't like, the Dreamcast was good. I don't know that it was powerful enough to really do a great job of some of those tight environments, right, and the kind of detail that it needed to have. There's something very gritty about the pre-rendered environments that just worked up until that point. Yeah, but I do, I do have to ask the question now that we're kind of we're, we're kind of making this evolution to a more action-packed thing. Do we think that the slow combat is um, one of the original things that made it great? Or do you think it's something that was just a limitation of the power at the time? Do you think it's one of the pillars? Do you think it's one of the things, uh, the raison d'etre for this, that needs needs to be there to design it as a Resident no, Evil? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's uh, Eventually, it was going to have to make the jump into full 3D environments. Eventually, it was going to. It's just maybe it was a little bit premature. So okay. that's all. That's all. And I think that's what hurt it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what about like uh, the slower combat? Because as we keep going through these, action's getting faster and faster and faster. The action's getting faster. Um, and more, and you're you're expected to kill more of the zombies. You're not just running away from it, them. I, I would say it hasn't really hit a fever pitch yet at this point in the franchise. I would say the fever pitch doesn't hit until maybe Resident Evil Five. Four. Oh, I would say it was going to hit four. I mean, four was a solid action title, but it, <laughs> I, I would say it was the right amount of action. It was like it was like just pr like the premium amount of action. <laughs> okay. So, and uh, Resident Evil uh, Five, however, just went like balls out on but we but, but you're okay with that you don't think the slow combat is one of the pillars that make it no i don't think so game. i don't think so okay cool no. 
I just need to know now before we got into the next generation. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Because with more powerful systems come faster, more aggressive zombies and more yeah. of them. So that's just... <laughs> and you need the game to ramp up. You need games to constantly ramp up. You can't just keep yeah. having slow guys that just come around corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So, but... No, I think 3, uh, Veronica expanded the game, had some, like, it introduced... Uh, yeah, it was Albert Wesker. Um, the integrity. Yeah, it was Albert Wesker in this one. And uh, Steve Burnside. That's what it is. Burnside's kids. Burnside's daughter... He was the one of the scientists or something. Oh, Steve Burnside was like a supporting character in this one. Yeah, he yeah. was, he was the, eventually turned out to be the monster with the eye on his shoulder. Yeah. I don't remember all the details of him, though. Interesting, this came out, uh, it's on the same development timeline as, um, close to it as Dino Crisis. <laughs> so that would have been the first game where Capcom used the full 3D environment. Was it really? And uh, Dino Crisis, for those who haven't played it, it's basically like Resident Evil, but like, in space, but also... I'm fighting dinosaurs. Fighting dinosaurs. <laughs> I do remember that one. <laughs> Something like Alien, but, like, they couldn't get the license for Alien. <laughs> so it's just so, raptors. So yeah, it's just raptors. <sighs> and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, cool, cool fucking idea. I would love to see a Dino Crisis movie. God. That would be sick. Dude. There is some wild game ideas that are just not fit for this. No, team. I would love to see that as a movie. Oh, my God. Is it a movie? Has it ever been a movie? God, I hope not. If it has, it was like a weird one-off thing. God, I hope they make that into a movie. It's just, uh, what an idea. What so, an idea. I got to bring us to, I think, the weirdest, most divisive, and weirdest for me, Resident Evil. Really? Resident Evil 4 touches me in a way that I don't like. Well, wait, 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 wait. There's more, though. There's more. Sure. No, no, no. There's more to get to before we get to that point. There's so because plenty. You, you just, dude, you just jumped like four years. I know, but... There's a lot of what, bullshit. The other ones matter? Yes, they do matter. What are you talking about? First off, uh, a lot of people got in on Resident Evil on the remake on the GameCube. That was the first game for a lot of people. That is true. So, and it was... Um, th this was an era when... So but it was had, really just... up. The problem with it is it was upscale. All it was was upscaled and it stretched. So it looked weirder. That's all it really did. It didn't look weird. It looked smoother and it played smoother. Like, it was just a good game. So uh, see, I, and I, I found enjoyed it. things looked strange in it. No, I didn't think so at all. Resident Evil remake, uh, very, very good. Had a nice grainy effect to it, too, I remember. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was just cool looking. And uh, on top of that... I mean, that was an era when Resident Evil Remake came out, very solid. Also, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes came out like a year before that, also very solid. That was a remake of the original Metal Gear. Um, very, very yeah, good. it was for the GameCube, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, very good remakes coming out around that time from Capcom and Konami. So, really interesting thing kind of going on there. But um, th that didn't last. So, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Resident Evil Remake, for those who hadn't played it, um, I know they're talking now about remaking the that even, like the original original. They're going to remake and do a full-fledged new title. Well, they did. I thought they did was uh, they did a remake. I thought that was what. The no, I think that was, was just a restart of the franchise. You're talking about the one that was just titled Resident Evil. Or you're talking? Sorry, are you talking the movie? Sorry. No, no, the games. No, there's one called Re yeah Resident Evil. It was a remake of the first one. No, I don't, it wasn't a full remake though. Like you don't yeah. fight a, like a pig-headed man in the original game. Oh, it was a remake, so they adjusted things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but I, I think what they're doing, working on now, is they're trying to redo the original original game. So, as like a modern title, like in the in the mansion. So uh, I don't want to say a re because a remake can define both changes and no changes. So a remake yeah. with literally no changes, just graphical upgrades. Well, I, I think yeah, it's going to stay the truest to its roots. 
So that's my understanding. So good luck, guys. Yeah, good, good luck. luck with those tank controls. But you know, oh no, no, no! I, I don't think it'll be tank controls. Well, if you're willing to get rid of tank controls, then you know you should get rid of a lot of stuff. Because then, once you get rid of tank controls, the game gets a lot easier. Adam's like, just get rid of the guns and the people. And yeah. the game. <laughs> but seriously, once you get rid of the tank controls, how much easier are fighting the zombies? And then the whole game changes. Let me make a case for tank controls, sir. So, oh because Resident Evil Zero <laughs> is my favorite of the original style Resident Evils. Wow. And I think it's an amazing game. So I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, this was a GameCube release originally. I think it did end up going to PlayStation 2 and everything. Oh, my God. And everything else eventually went to the GameCube. <laughs> the Wii, uh, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. So you can now get it on Nintendo Switch if you want to try it out. Um, and this actually had the same sort of graphical quality as the Resident Evil 1 remake on the GameCube, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed both those games. Resident Evil 0 in particular, I was quite surprised by how much I liked it. Uh, I did like how, um, how smooth switch between the two characters when you're trying to accomplish objectives with like two separate things going on at the same right. time i really enjoyed that and then seeing them come back together and fight you know they sort of follow each other around a little bit the, um, what is it the medic and the convict yeah yeah one was a convict yeah he had a and he had the the, the handcuff hanging from his wrist you know oh, like, what a badass such a badass and he had like a he, he didn't have a mullet he had a tennessee waterfall <laughs> You know about a Tennessee waterfall? Flow, flows on top, down the back. Yeah, yeah it's, it's shaved sides. You know what I'm talking about. So anyway, what was that guy's name? That guy was great. Uh, Billy Cohen. Yeah, Billy. Billy Cohen. So this was Rebecca Chambers and Billy Cohen. What a, what a badass man, Billy. And Rebecca, I think she, she shows up at number one, I think, doesn't she? Dude, Billy Cohen looks straight up like Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. <laughs> like, just more tattoos. <laughs> like, that's what I want. I want a Resident Evil... About that Except guy. he turns out to be innocent, doesn't he? Because they like oh, yeah. they thought he killed a bunch of people. Yeah, they're yeah. like, nah, he, he didn't. He was just he's just an unlucky dude. Well, I mean, like, I don't I don't recall the game proving him innocent, but I think Rebecca just like learns to trust him and like buy a story or whatever. Oh, maybe yeah, that's yeah. what it is, yeah. That's so, probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. But very very cool game for those who haven't played it. I really, really like this. If you're gonna play any of the tank control ones, uh the original Resident Evil remake and Resident Evil Zero would be your best bets. I didn't realize they kept to the tank controls all the way up to the GameCube era. Yeah, this is 2002. <laughs> that is wild that they still yeah. had the... Because I think this... No, no, this was still before Resident Evil 4. So, no, you're right. They wouldn't have gotten rid of that. And what's even crazier is this came out eight months after the Resident Evil 1 remake on the GameCube. So, these are two in the same Year. Well, they did the one to get everyone excited, and then th then did this one. Resident Evil Zero, yeah, yeah. For as excited as it got him, Pro <laughs> probably not very excited. So uh, anyway, Resident Evil Zero. If you haven't tried it, definitely give it a shot. I quite like it. Adam fucking hates its guts and wants it to die. I don't like any. Uh, you know what's funny? Uh, mm, newsflash: I don't like any Resident Evil before seven. Well, so we got we got more to cover here then. <laughs> Guess what? You're getting another light gun shooter, buddy. Fuck you. <laughs> 2003's Resident Evil Dead Aim, baby. Oh, my so, God. And, uh, oh, actually, well, this is one, this is a bit of a blind spot for me. Uh, Resident Evil Outbreak. What was this one all about? Do you know anything about this? No, I don't have a clue. So, um, it, so it actually was, was um, it's the same time period as 2 and 3. It had a sequel to it, or at least an expansion to it. And uh, it's it says it's a series of episodic storylines in a zombie-inhabited Raccoon City. And the screenshots that it shows of the game are not particularly forgiving. So <laughs> I would say that uh, maybe this is definitely one we're skipping. And I'm looking through the names here. 
well, of we, the characters. I don't recognize a single solitary one. No, we have to recognize that we're skipping it, not because it's a good thing. We, yeah. we recognize it's bad, but we're not here to poo-poo and just shit for an hour. Interesting. So, yeah, there's a few scenarios in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they would have even bothered. Was, was he, uh, Shinji Mikami on this one? No. He was not. Interesting. This was a cash grab, and we yeah, all know it. Yeah, this is a corporate cash grab here. That's yeah, we know it. We can accept it. So it's all about baby, because he was busy working. He was busy working on this one, Resident Evil 4. My favorite one to talk about. Woo! Love Resident Evil 4. I I don't know. There's something really, every single time I play, I've like touched on Resident Evil 4 because of the maps. All I can think of is, this would be better if I was Dante. oh my god but you're not you're a man with a gun but like you have to you know that like um devil may cry became out of the development of this right did it though while trying to develop this they created devil may cry oh no kidding so they were originally creating and then they brought it all back around to resident evil 6 which we'll get to kind of yeah (laughs) so they were originally creating resident evil 4 and even the creator himself who openly stated that hey we're making action games now like he straight up called he's like this is how this is going yeah even him during the creation when they they got to a point like this is too far Hmm. and when this is we've gone too far we need to dial it back. Yeah. But they liked what they were creating. Yeah. yeah. Everyone just kind of kept, it, it was the problem of everyone just liked what they were creating. So it just kept going. And eventually the creator, um, what was his Shin, Shin, uh, what the hell is his name? Shinji Mikami. Shinji, uh, yeah, Shinji Mikami. Eventually basically went, they were going too far guys. So they, what they did was to keep that, ro- that ball rolling, that energy rolling. They spun off and created Devil May Cry. Oh, yeah. And, of course, uh, so interestingly, that's Hideki Kamiya. So he was uh, the creator of, I mean, the so, the, the sort of accepted creator of the Devil May Cry franchise, but also went yeah. on to found Platinum Games and do some other huge action titles like yeah. Beautiful Joe, Okami. Okami, uh, yeah. I thought he had something to do with uh, God Hand, but maybe that was just Shinji Mikami. But, yeah, inter- interesting, uh, interesting heritage there. Yeah, so this is the game, that, and because of the shared development history, yeah. the maps and the artistic style went, because it was very gothic. This one was very yep. gothic in comparison to the previous ones. But, like, also kind of emo. Like more, like more emo than Leon in Resident Evil. 4. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it yeah. had the, the, you know, the Leon hair flip and, oh, yeah. you know, it had all that jazz. But it, because of its shared relationship, all I can think about is Devil May Cry is better than this. And it upsets me every single oh, time. Oh, as an action game, Devil May Cry 1 was like shocking to me. I'm like, this is so much fucking fun. Like I couldn't yeah. stand it. Like it was insane. But I have to give it like, I, I don't know. It just feels like I play this game and it's not the original in my mind is not like the originals. It's got this more like Gothic horror yep. rather than like a more modern horror. Yeah. I guess you could call it. Yeah. They're both take place in modern times with guns and stuff, but it's, it's got the Gothic architecture, which yeah. I think is interesting and cool, but I, I just, it, every single time I went, no, nah, I could really just, I'd rather it be Dante. Well, I think right Resident Evil 4 was trying to stick to horror roots. I believe it was because you, it is about, um, you're infiltrating like a cult in Spain who's who's kidnapped. Who's kidnapped the vice president's daughter. And, yeah. uh, and you have to go get her. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yes. But it is a cult. There's some real weird shit going on there. Real weird inbred looking shit. Guys with chainsaws for hands. Like it gets pretty fucking wild. It's also different in that way because yep. if you talk about the original, this is, I think four is, starts the second generation of Resident Evil. Games. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, the first one is corporate espionage. It's about, yeah. you know, it's about umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's about corporations in a biohazard. It's about how can we bring Wesker back again? How yeah. can we do it? We're going to do it. This one is about, it's more culty. It's cultist. Yep. It's it's a darker, I don't want to say it's a darker tone. That's not correct. It's a more supernatural tone. Yeah. But we all know that nothing in Resident Evil is supernatural. Yeah, yeah. And I like that it fully established that, in fact, it doesn't have to be about zombies. Yeah. Yeah. It could just be about other fucked it up shit. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And that is also what it set up. So I think a lot of people were really upset about this for that. Um, really? Really? I don't know, man. I thought it got pretty good reviews and stuff at the time. Oh, it, it got out. really good reviews. Was it like Game of the Year everywhere, too? I don't know if it was Game of the Year, but it got really good so reviews. So, on the GameCube, this is the first place it dropped was on GameCube. Uh, it got a 96 out of 100, I'm seeing, as an aggregator score. Oh, yeah. Uh, e- even by the time it made it to PS3, this was years later. I, I think I played it on PS3, too. Um, 84 out of 100. Yeah, it, it, was a, it was... Here's the problem, is if you were one of the original... If you liked the originals, yeah. If you're one of those diehard tank controls, horror, like true horror games, this was more action based and they yep. had way more set pieces that are like cool guy set pieces with like you're right. m- the Matrix, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Chinese this was also an era of quick, quick time events, right? Oh, so God, there was a lot yeah. of quick time events to yeah. finish off bosses and things like that. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they had a lot of the, that added into the there game. There was even now. bosses that were basically like the entire thing was, wasn't the one was, it was like a. Like a like a giant anglerfish or something coming after you in the water, and I I thought that whole battle was basically I like thought a quick that, tournament. Well, I don't remember this one. I'm pretty sure that was Resident Evil Four. I yeah, that was seven. Maybe they both did it. Maybe they both did. Maybe it. Maybe I did play seven. I don't know. Maybe they both did it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, I don't know. It just it, it felt more like a like people were wearing darker trench coats now. Like this is, I think, where they show. Was it West? Did Wesker show up in this one? In his iconic yeah. now, like yeah, black trench coat. So. I believe so. This is where they became. Everything became the Matrix. Yeah, and it became we, cool we, we, guys with it, slick. In two thousand four, we are still in the shadow of the Matrix. This is absolutely true. So, yeah. but he is wearing a really cool, like uh, I don't know what you would call this, like a flight jacket. Yeah, 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 like a pilot's jacket. It's pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> the flag jackets, the or whatever. Look at the collar on that. It is cool. I, I just, I think it's it was a fundamentally fuzzy. different game, and there's clearly a lot of people that came into the Resident Evil. Now, like the there was the first group that came into it at number two, and then now we have another batch of a shit ton of people coming into it, and they were different people than the first. Interesting how many versions this went through in development. Look at it, development. It's going it was so a many versions, fog version. Um, yeah. actually, so it was originally announced as GameCube exclusive. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, it was a GameCube exclusive. So it was it was one of the, it says five games. So that must have been this, Resident Evil 1 remake, Resident Evil 0, Beautiful Joe, and Okami. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that would have been all of them. Yeah, it's, it's a wild. Interesting. It's a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. And because the, they went through that old classic horror, went all the way up to more action, then came back down. Yeah. Like, this was a wild development. Yeah, interesting. So, but they ended up, uh, I think, final final version, I think this is up up until probably, like, in terms of original titles, up until probably Village, I feel like nothing ever really topped this. So, I, I think no, it took that long. I think, I think uh, it took that long. I think five and six topped it for sales. So, are, you, are you saying, like, stylistically, quality-wise? 
Uh, As a good game. Interesting that uh, in here, stylistically. So I think in here, this is interesting. Mikami uh, wrote the entire story in just three weeks, and he was inspired by Onomusha 3 Demon Siege. And I don't know if you know about Onomusha 3 and 4. But they're so fucking good. Onimusha 3, was that the one with... Um, uh, yep. Oh, it is! <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I'm just looking at the cover art for Onimusha 3. What's his name? Jean... Uh, uh, Jean Renault. Yeah, Jean Renault. Yeah, Jean yeah. Renault. So the, the French actor uh, of... Uh, uh, what, what was uh, Leon the Assassin? Yeah, right? what a wild game that they're like... Okay, or we Leon, have this... Leon the Professional. Leon the Professional, yeah. yeah. What, what a wild game that they, they went... I, I'm just going on a small tangent yeah, here because yeah. it's inspired, oh, I guess. But fully love the series. Yeah, but it's just wild that like we have this fantastical samurai mythical game. Yeah. And then we're just gonna add like oh, like it's like basically it's the equivalent of going, here's Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's now in the fucking game. No, no, not like it's not someone like who looks like Jean-Claude Van Damme, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> full full on. Uh yeah, full on Jean Renaud in this one. And then, uh, dude, we, we got to do this series at some point because... Onimusha, yeah, we should talk about this one. Dude, because Onomusha 4 was fucking great. And then... Uh, or no, no, sorry. I think it was called Dawn of Dreams. No, no. I lied. Maybe it was <laughs> Dawn of Dreams. So I think... Well, that's had, the only other fourth one, really. Yeah, it must have been Dawn of Dreams. But yeah, yeah. I remember this. So this was... Uh, it was actually co-op. Wow. It was a co-op PS2 game, and it was like four different characters you could play. Wow, we'll have to and talk then, about um, that and then, uh, And then they fucking murdered the series with... Um, what was the next one that came out? Onimusha Soul? Maybe. I think that was the next I big just, one. I think they're missing a game on here. I don't know. Because Onimusha 3... I have... No, they're, 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 Onimusha Dawn of Dreams was, was... I think that was the rough one, I'm pretty sure. Possible. Interesting. I got to go back and look this up because I think they're actually missing a game on here. It's possible. We're going to talk about that series somewhere else because I have not done my research or played those games recently. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Okay, anyway, we digress from this little tangent we went on about <laughs> Onomusha, but we love Onomusha. Yeah, we love so, Onomusha. Uh, definitely would like to see that come back in a serious way. Anyway, um, yeah, they, they went on a release. This was 2002 by the time they got to that point. So they went on a pretty pretty uh, aggressive production cycle then on that one. Yeah, I, I know. I think this one was very divisive, and I think it set a bad precedent of a game that was about horror where at this point it felt more like devil may cry had that gothic feeling that kind of horrorish gothic feeling because it came from resident evil yep. but you can clearly tell that horror was never its goal right it, it was clearly a um i don't know how to word it it was too cool for school yeah right there's yeah. every time something horror would happen there'd be a joke to run it down this game or Ada Wong would show up or Ada Wong. Oh, and it was a lot more Ada Wong in the PS2 version. Yeah, I still don't. This game didn't feel horror enough because every you always felt too much of a badass and everyone was doing too much John Woo action stuff. <laughs> so it wasn't an era. Funny, I, funny how these I never things, liked it. I never liked it mostly because I didn't feel it was horror. But they tend to. It's funny how these games tend to kind of represent the eras in which they come out in, too. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Resident Evil is completely just based on everything else around it. Yeah, that's funny. And you can see that happening. Onimusha, for sure, by the time you get to Resident Evil 4. There's a lot of... Actually, I think Onimusha is more based on this and Devil May Cry. Like Maybe. I think Onimusha yeah. had more of an impact on this than the other way around. But Onimusha Warlords came out pretty early, actually. We'll go into it later. But yeah, yeah. Onimusha Warlords came out, I think, 1998. Yeah, it was pretty early. I, I think this. I think Onimusha Warlords impacted this game for sure. So then we get to Resident Evil Deadly Silence. So this was, um, let's see, it was made to commemorate the 10th anniversary. Um, 
Interesting. I don't know much about this one. I didn't play I don't know any one. of these up until Resident Evil 5 because I know Umbrella Chronicles came out on the Wii and no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Um, it's sad that there are so many of these, these side offshoot games that I just don't know about because they came out weirdly. Yeah. Interesting. This is referring to Resident Evil 1, though, so I almost wonder if it was just uh, some version of Resident Evil 1. Uh, it's possible. Yeah, it definitely looks like this is this is definitely Resident Evil 1. So, yeah, I don't know what this was. Anyway, so let's see. So moving on from that one, uh, Resident Evil The Umbrella Chronicles. So was that, that was a Wii one. That was the Wii. I remember this. Oh, my God. So this is an on-the-rail shooter that came out on the GameCube. Or, I'm sorry, on the Wii. <laughs> on the Wii. So w- yeah. with the Wii and the motion controls, like, there were so many versions of games, game series that got an on-the-rail shooter. It was like this. Dead Space was one of them. There was a whole bunch of series that got on-the-rail shooters uh, on the Wii. And for a while, it was like... The third party, like creators, actually the third party like developer houses actually thought that like this is what people wanted. Yeah, on the Wii, which <laughs> is hilarious. I don't know why. It was, oh my god, the Wii was bad. Yeah, it's just it, it. It was kind of a low point for quality of games, but like high point for some fun because of Wii Sports. Yeah, so interesting dichotomy. So Resident Evil Five. So now I would say this was the more divisive title than Resident Evil Four. What did the sales figures say? So this one sold 13.4 million. Good fucking gracious. This one sold like hot fire. So now this came out in the heyday of the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. This was 2009. Uh, it was a co-op action shooter game. Very yes. light on the horror elements, I would say. And uh, well, lots of this guns, was, lots of ammo. They made two decisions. One decision that was interesting because this is the first one that was basically set during the day. Or, like, a very bright environment. Oh, yeah, you were in Africa. You were in West Africa. Yep. Yeah. So it was uh, set in an imaginary um, st- uh, city country called uh, Kijuju. Yeah, I'm not going to try. Yeah, that's that's a, an interesting name. So, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have to confront, of course, one, Albert Wesker. Of course, <laughs> naturally. So, and then they also have to find... Uh, Oh, they have to confront Jill Valentine as well. She's she's gone. Yeah, because you thought she was dead. I think it was either at the end of the last game or the beginning of this game. I forget which one it was where she and Wesker went out a window together. So good on them, though, for uh, so I I guess Leon was I don't know. Was he supposed to be Latino? I didn't notice that if he was. So but there is they finally branched out here in terms of being more inclusive. You do have uh, the first black protagonist as well with Shiva Alomar in here. So definitely well, this cool game got a lot of flack for racism. Well, that's because it was set in Africa. That's the weird thing is there was a huge debate where there was a reviewer that basically called it racism because it was the white knight syndrome where the white dude came in and all the black guys were the villains and the bad guys and he had to shoot all the black yeah. guys. Um and so a lot of people took that to be a form of racism. But the argument came up at the time, like, well, you didn't have a problem with him shooting Spanish. The white guy, Leon, shooting Spanish yeah, people. Yeah, there was a lot of murdering Spanish people. Yeah. Ibr- so they, Ibrian Spanish people. It was a huge debate. Like, there was a whole... It, it, it had some racism. It was one of the early days of a lot of politics hitting video games. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, in terms of wokeism, I would say. So that, that I was one of the early I don't years. know if necessarily racism is classified as wokeism, but yeah. No, I know. It was like pre-wokeism. Yeah, because yeah. Because it was just like people sort of calling it out for that. And, and I don't, like I played it, I don't recall ever thinking like this is particularly yeah. bad. Like there's zombies in Africa, like I get it. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, they wanted a different environment than what they've been doing. Yeah, anyway, but yeah. I mean, Chris, 
Chris would have been the expert on this shit by now. This oh. is third third round. <laughs> is this also the game where they made Chris like his arms were fucking tanks? Oh yeah, <laughs> where oh, they yeah, beefed yeah, him yeah. up. <laughs> totally, totally. He was a beefcake, dude. Yeah, Straight yeah, yeah. Beefcake. So look at the cover. Look at the cover oh, on this. Yeah, 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 you see yeah, these biceps? Yeah. I can't zoom in fast enough. <laughs> you don't have to. I can see him from miles. How do I zoom in? Ah, I'm trying. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So yeah, this this was the one. He had huge biceps. Maybe that's really what they had a problem. With. I remember threatened. Rob really pushed me to play this with him i never did uh it's because it was co-op right yeah, yeah i think it was online co-op too yeah yeah yeah, yeah it i'm was. pretty sure it was yeah. yeah he pushed me to play it because he came out on pc at some point yep uh he pushed me to play it on pc with him i was like nah, i'm good <laughs> this right now by the way is the best still is um the best-selling uh resident evil game really it remains the best-selling title in the resident evil franchise that's kind of nuts over even eight wow over even village now so, I haven't seen the the numbers. I'm just looking at the sales that what they stayed on this one. Um, dude, the 360 was huge, man. It was huge. It was, like, huge. It was just absolutely massive. I, I was working at the G Stop Lounge when this came out, and I remember the marketing campaign around this just being like unprecedented. Like just the amount of money that they threw behind it. Um, clearly worth it for Capcom because it did end up going on to sell very well. And this was also the only, as far as I know, this was the only memorable midnight launch I think we ever did for a Resident Evil game. I don't think any of the others really got anywhere near this. And that makes sense because, again, this is the best-selling yeah. one. I don't know. I always felt this game was, it was clearly going in the direction. This game reminded me too much of um, Gears of War. Yeah. without Because I think it even had a little bit of cover in it. It had a little bit of cover. Yeah, mechanics. totally. Oh, yeah. It was oh, yeah, not definitely. really useful, but it did have it. Uh, again, of its place and time, it's starting, starting to draw from all the other properties <laughs> could, around it. And I think that's a huge factor in Resident Evil is I find that Resident Evil isn't itself. Yeah. It's always just a factor of its environment around it. Yeah. It it, it is not. It doesn't define the, its own franchise. It is defined by other franchises. So one thing we should probably mention here too. So I think there was something else that's happened here. So <laughs> yeah, we should talk about these. So now at this point, you know, you could, you might almost be able to say that Resident, Resident Evil Four was the first one. It was heavily influenced by the Resident Evil film franchise. Um, so so the first one, Resident was, Evil, the Resident Evil Nemesis, which was out in 1999, had an ad. That said, I forget how when like call in and have your chance to be in the Resident Evil movie. What really? Yeah, because it was only like the movie came out in what two thousand two. Yeah, it um, Nemesis was nineteen ninety nine, so uh, three years before, right? So it was in development clearly. This is, of course, the seminal film starring Mila Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. And I remember thinking going into that, thinking like, boy, if they just make it anything like the original, it'll be good, but. The problem is they, you know what the problem was? The um, creators of the game at the time thought Resident Evil was an action game. So guess what they made? An action movie. Yeah. But their players, because remember, this is pre-number four, thought Resident Evil was a horror game. Well, I call Resident Evil 1, she was running a lot. She was kind of on the run a lot. Like, she was she was definitely on the defense. And then Resident Evil 2 came out. The cover definitely changes... Uh, <laughs> Style. Drastically, yeah. So she's on the cover, like dual wielding, like automatic pistol yeah, type yeah. weapons. Yeah, <laughs> she's ammo strapped to her. So uh, definitely, definitely a jump from Resident Evil One to Resident Evil Two. Not unlike the games, but it, the Resident Evil One was not necessarily just about these agents going and exploring a mansion and going through and all that bullshit. I mean, so. it had a good starting premise. Yeah, which was these. You played a character with amnesia. 
So you didn't know what was going on. So you spent the whole time through her boots, not knowing what the hell was going on. Yeah. And you were not exploring oh, yeah. the mansion. She just wakes up in the lab. Yeah. And like yeah. a mansion above the lab. Yeah. 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 And you, then you go into the lab. So it's not quite the, you it's a different mansion. They don't really explore the mansion. Like, whereas the first one, they explore the mansion and the lab is a small portion. In this one, there's the mansion and then the lab and then the mansion is a small portion of the lab. So interesting that I, so I'm just looking at box office returns on these and it's looking like it was ramping up pretty quickly. Although I'm having trouble seeing the first one, but, but by the third, the third one made like three times as much money as the second one. I'm amazed. And it's definitely looking even like her guns are bigger in that cover. So number three. So I, I really think that at some point, just com call it commercialism, call it what you will. I think like, the action-y style of the movie started to inform back to the games a little bit because they were making money. No. You don't think? No, 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 no. So what because happened? Resident Evil 5 feels like this movie cover. Okay, so <laughs> you know what's funny is I was um, I was kind of reviewing these movies and I realized, remember we were just discussing how Resident Evil is defined by the things around it? Yeah. Um, Resident Evil 3 Extinction, is that the third one? Extinction? Extinction, yeah. It was a Mad Max movie. Oh, really? They, uh, according to the lore, within a few days, basically, after the zombie outbreak, the world became a desert wasteland. Okay. So it was very Mad Maxi. Interesting. And, and it was a small group of rebel people, which I think that was when they introduced uh, Claire Redfield as well. Um, so they introduced Jill Valentine in the second one. And they introduced Claire Redfield in the third oh, one. Oh, that's right, because Mila, play, Mila Jovovich plays Alice. Alice, yeah, yeah. Yep, Joe Valentine's in the second. Yeah, so they they do that kind of thing, and um, in the yep, Clay Redfield in the third, played yep. by Allie Larder. Wait, I thought did she play a different character? Did she did she get played by a different actress? Who? Claire Redfield. Who who played in the? Oh yeah, you know, you're right, yeah, 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 Claire Redfield. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and she played that same character all the way through, through all of them. That's awesome. Um, yeah, That's and awesome. Jill Valentine, Ooh, the actress. Chris Chris came in Chris at number four. Chris came in number four, yeah. And he is played by Wentworth Miller. From Oz. Nice. Uh, it's funny that you say Oz where I think um, either Prison Break or um, he also plays... Oh, sorry, Prison Break. Yeah. That was the show, wasn't it? Yeah, Prison Break. What was I thinking of? You said Oz. That's another That's, that's another prison show. That is another prison okay, show, yeah. yeah. No, prison Break is the one. Prison Break. Oz right. is more of a drama. Yeah, I correct. guess Prison Break is a drama, but it's a little less realistic. Um, and he also plays... Uh, Captain Cold. Kim Cody's is in here too. I don't, I don't remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Retribution was when things got started to get good. What? Really? If you were uh, willing. Based on box office. If you, on, you were correct. willing to accept the schlock and just the ut, utter. Here's the deals. What happened? I think here's Sharknado. Let's take Sharknado as an example. Yeah. You know how like Sharknado 1, there's a level of seriousness that's in there. And then by the time they get to like Sharknado 3. They're like, <laughs> fuck all seriousness, fuck all the rules, They're fuck just all the systems. It. Yeah. Yeah, because Retribution, I think, brings it. I think it was Afterlife brings in, um, I think it's Afterlife that brings in Wesker. Yeah, I believe you're correct. Um, this one brings in Leon. Leon! Yeah. And they gave him the hair and everything. And they bring, Damn. They had Ada Wong in there. Ada Wong's in here, too. Yeah, yeah. Damn. They, they really, like, honestly... This one was, let's take known characters that you have and put them into weird scenarios. And the rules just didn't apply. Oh, yeah, here he is, Albert Wesker. Oh, yeah. He, really, that's what he looks like in his picture? 
Wow. Okay, sure. He looks so different in the movie. Sean Roberts. He. Oh, yeah. He's, he's his picture is so totally different from what's up there. Yeah, interesting. Okay, that look. Okay, his his picture. Oh, he's Canadian. Um, his picture in there looks way more sense. Like that, that to me tracks like Wesker. Awesome. Um, they were pretty wild. Like it. You just have to accept the schlock. And I think that's what happened is when the first movie came out, people hated it because it it was more action than it was horror. And at that yeah. point, that was before number four, right? Yep. But as time went on, Resident Evil became more action. And as time went on, the story of Resident Evil became more ridiculous. Interesting to see a series go out on its box office high point too. Yeah. Interesting. So like, because it, it only went up and up and up. And then it, it the final one, this is Resident Evil Afterlife, or sorry, the, the final, final chapter. chapter. So this one actually grossed uh, $312 million. Box they, office. Yeah, they got ridiculous. Like on oh, a budget of forty million, dude. They made some fucking money. Which is why that, they dude. kept making them. Everyone kept wondering why they make them, but they kept making money. Somehow they should make another based on that. Like if I was the studio exec, I'd be like, make a fucking other for forty million. <laughs> I think it. Paul is done and Mila Jovovich. <laughs> That's obviously the hus- husband and wife team. Right? Husband and wife combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, which is funny because maybe maybe it's that partnership that ends up carrying the series for as long as it actually went for. There's so definitely a factor there. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's weird. They it's weird because. Clearly, he shows off, like, I don't, okay, on Raised by Spoilers, we talked about a movie, Barbarella, where this actress was basically flaunted sexually across the screen. Mm, And we were very confused because the director was kind of married or at least long-term relationship, the main actress. And it was a very weird, like, you filming your own wife in orgies and shit like that. Yeah, This reminds me of that because... Look at all of her pictures. You can't tell me he's not putting her in tighter and tighter goth outfits. Oh, yeah. It gets, it gets pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. And okay, two, 2012, how close was that to um, the vampire ones with What's-Her-Face, who also oh, had her... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Underworld. Under- Underworld, that's is the that one. what it was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you can see Kate that... Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale, yeah. So you can see that... Remember we were talking about how the games were influenced by the yeah, world yeah. around them? Clearly, the movies got the same thing, and they were influenced by the Matrix. They were influenced by all these Matrix, different... Mad Max, Underworld, whatever <laughs> was Evil Final Chapter was. <laughs> I don't know what that would have been. It's in. I think it kind of was its own thing at that point. Top schlock. Yeah, but it was. It's a schlocky movie, and you have to go in shutting your brain off and not really expecting it to be tied to a Resident Evil thing. Maybe this is the one I saw where there was like an army of liquors possible might have been this one i'm trying to think of the one with the army of liquors and i can't think it was of an it. army of liquors in one of them i can't i can't remember which movie it was yeah because they were being controlled by someone well yeah there's jill valentine shows up mind control she's like one of the main villains yeah in the second last one i think yeah anyway i, I guess i gotta watch them just to see because that sounds fucking fun to be honest with you. if you completely shut off your brain and i think oh i could do that when they made the first resident evil everyone wanted it to be like okay we're gonna do the first movie of resident evil and it's gonna be the two main characters gonna be chris and jill yep and it wasn't that and people were very upset and then at some point people just let go and let, let go of of that those constraints and those chains and went fuck it we're in for a ride <laughs> Interesting. So I'm just looking through this. Yeah, another mention of Onomusha. Very interesting. A lot of crossover with uh, well, a, lot, a lot of franchises. Yeah, a lot of crossover, which is kind of cool. All the same makers. It's all Capcom. Um, so this so Resident Evil 5. Moving on from Resident Evil, that was 2009. There was also Resident Evil uh, Dark Side Chronicles on the Wii. Wii. Yeah. And I thought this one was more of a traditional game. Oh, no, it's another on-the-rails-like gun shooter yeah. for the Wii. All right, everybody, moving on. 
I like. I don't know why. Like they keep making. Oh my god! They just remind you. Know what they remind me of is. Uh, do you remember that arcade game? What's it? Monster? Not Monster House Horror House. What's that shooter arcade game where it's kind of like House Time Crisis? Dead. House of the Dead. Yep, yeah, reminds me of that. There was a 3DS game in there. Who knows? Didn't get. Which clearly reviews. that was inspired by. Like they, they have. I love how they have the axe guy on there. That was pretty cool. Resident Evil Revelations was in there as well. Yes, um, I never played that one. Yeah. Never touched it. See, that's weird is there are so many of these games that even like people who've played a lot of Resident Evils combined, you and I, we haven't played them all. So it's weird. This was set up like in an episodic way. That was the weird thing about Nintendo 3DS, like licensed games at that point. They were just, they were always taking a shortcut. There's always, they were always take, like either it's episodic or nothing's in the games connected or it's a yeah. puzzle game. Or, you know, they just did all these fucking weird things. The way I look at it is someone created a game and then went, shit, we need to sell this, put the Resident Evil title on it and redo some of the assets. Yeah, and then there was Operation Raccoon City, which was just a straight up, just like, wasn't that just a shooting bloodbath in it? Uh, I, I think that was just a straight up shooter. I'm never sure. played it. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. Until oh no, just no, no. this this is the this is the multiplayer one. I think. Oh, yeah. This is like the first true just like stab at like um like a big multiplayer type thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. big online shooter. Anyway, it didn't do well enough because they didn't make another. And then Resident Evil Six also came out in 2012. And I'm curious your thoughts on this one. How did they end up at this one? This is a big departure. So they moved away from co-op and they went back to strictly single player experience however it's split across three separate storylines uh they still had uh co-op in this one they did yeah i don't recall that um so they had a little bit of it um they had the addition of it um they had a, a dlc for ada wong's thing which oh that, yeah for, oh, sorry four characters if you include ada wong's dlc yeah so. yes they had a total of four which was it the son of Wesker? Which yeah, Jake first Muller, of all, Jake Muller. Yeah, yeah, that guy threw me off because that meant at some point someone fucked Wesker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what you, the you fuck? Would, you wouldn't fuck Wesker? Well, sure, I would, but I don't ever imagine Wesker being the guy to like uh, a be like taken advantage of, and C, I don't really think that's what he's interested in. But who was it? I wonder. Who do you think it was? I never figured out. Maybe I just haven't played enough, like, what Ada Wong's whole goal is, because she just keeps showing up and fucking over Leon. I assume she's she's the baby mama. Uh, she is unnamed. Yeah. Yeah. Albert Wesker's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, they, they don't really <laughs> talk about her. So, yeah, but main characters in this, Leon, uh, Chris, and uh, Jake Muller to kind of get things started. And uh, he's the one with the powers, right? He has powers. So he's, he's lighting up his fists, he's punching shit, he's kicking, he's, he's melee. Sliding. Yeah, yeah, he's a big melee player. So they're really trying to, like, divide up the gameplay here. And maybe, maybe that was kind of the vision they had originally for Devil May Cry, which became its own thing for Resident Evil 4. And yep. they just, they had to work it in somehow. They had to get some sort of super-powered, <laughs> some sort of super-powered character into this one. Yeah, and this one sold um, 4.5 million. Damn, huge drop. Yeah, so it was the, it's the third most sold, um... Game so far? I'm guessing second only to Village, I'm going to assume. But like a 60% drop in yeah. sales versus uh, Resident Evil 5, which is shocking. So yeah. So that's actually wild. I don't but even like, know. They like went it, from four, then they went to five, which had huge numbers, and then a drop. It did get reviewed that much worse, though. So it's the reviews for some of these are pretty abysmal. Um, interesting to see Famitsu giving it 39 out of 40. Oh, I think it's because the co-op of the second one, or the fifth one, had a huge impact on this Yeah. Game. I think so. I think it made the game sell more because people would play with their friends. Like, I had Rob try and get me to play the game with him. How many other people successfully got friends to play with them? 
Yeah, it looks like some of the reviews are sort of summarizing here that uh, for many reviewers, it felt like RE6 was a more generic shooter than distinctive survival horror game. That's an interesting take. Yeah, it's funny that uh, I had seen a few reviewers on this at, at some point where the statement was five felt like a game. Six felt like if you took the new Resident Evil, the second generation of Resident Evil. Yeah. Maybe even the third. I think five and like four is almost on its own. Yeah. And then if you calculate five and six are almost on their own as their own generation. Yeah, I can see that. Um, like four is more like Devil May Cry, whereas this one's more like Gears of War. And what happened is on six, it felt formulaic. Yeah. It felt scientific. And I think that that scared a lot of people off. A lot of games became like that in that era, though. PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. I remember a lot of titles and franchises that were good, say, in the PS2 GameCube era coming over. And so another one that I can think of as an example of this would be um, the Spider-Man franchise. So coming off of, like, Spider-Man 2 and Ultimate Spider-Man, which was not, uh, I think it was called Ultimate Spider-Man, the more Kurt comic book looking one, which is yeah kind of meh. yeah but but spider-man 2 was a masterpiece Spectac- so. i think you're thinking spectacular yeah maybe maybe spectacular yeah. ultimate yeah yeah so the uh so but for um but for you know spider-man 2 that was like a masterpiece so i was very excited for the first uh spider-man game on xbox 360 and, and ps3 it was actually uh spider-man 3 based yes. on the movie and what i was expecting is an experience very similar to the ps2 version but I, I don't know where they went wrong with that or if they had switched teams, development teams or something, but it, it was it felt slow. The mm. controls were clunky. Uh, it was very linear in terms of its presentation. Like, there was just nothing about it that felt like Spider-Man 2. So it, it's weird, but, like, they almost, like, gaming during this era, in, in my memory, became very formulaic in well, a lot of ways. Here's the deal is what's happened is in those early days, gaming was very experimental yeah no one knew what worked there wasn't enough out there and the money wasn't there yet and then during this era the money was there and people knew the money was there and so now the science got involved but there wasn't enough science to know what was uh they they it it became more of a science than an art yeah nowadays we've realized you can't have full science right otherwise it becomes samey and generic and doesn't quite make money now we still have games today that are full science but they're cleverly hidden science. Yeah. Back then they were obvious science. Now they're just cleverly hidden science. Yeah. Um, you know, with your MOBAs and, and if you think about some of the most successful games from that time, at least for like action or fantasy games were, um, were games that kind of broke the mold. So I'm thinking of, um, you know, mass effect one and two dragon age origins, um, even like elder scrolls four at the time, oblivion kind of breaking that, that sort of formulaic approach to gaming, right. And development fallout, you know, I mean, gears of war started the era. Gears of war as well. Yeah. 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 But it started it and it kind of, it was, Years of War was a hard left turn it was for like hard. action titles, and it was so fucking good. Yeah, so still but they, love that game. But Gears of War, I think, defined the um, that almost action genre, and clearly it had an impact on these oh, games. Dude, massive impact. So it, I would say games for a decade after the first Gears of War were all kind of emulating. We're Gears all of War. gray and yeah. uh, cover based. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cover. Oh my god, the cover <laughs> systems. But oh these games God. were, like, 6 was impacted by it. It was all this grayish color. Yeah. It was clearly a thing of its time. Yeah, dude. Yeah, um, it definitely felt like a, uh, its place in time for sure. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it didn't sell that great because of that, because it felt more formulaic. And at that point, I think it had been enough years that Gears of War and the other ones had come out that we started to feel the science of it. Whereas number five, you didn't get to feel the science yet. So, yeah, actually, the last time it was released was uh, 2019 on Nintendo Switch. So yeah, even, even modern gamers can play that. I feel old when I when I go through some of these. 
So because I remember five being not that long ago. Yeah. Because I remember Rob being like, "It's co-op. It's a Resident Evil. It's co-op. You should come play with me. You'll love Resident Evil." And I'm like, "I know. I, I've I've touched on it a few times. I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> so now this is where we get into more of a experimental era here. So we, there's a few years in between. Now we're starting so. the new generation. Yes, that was 2012 Resident Evil 6, at least the initial release of it. So 2013 marks the release of uh, Xbox One, PlayStation 4. And then 2014, 2015 we get to. And that's Resident Evil Revelations 2. And that's just a follow-up to the episodic weird thing from the Wii. That's all mm -hmm. that is. Not very special. Uh, Umbrella Core comes out in 2016. This is their... <laughs> They've gone full tactical shooter, so obviously uh, th this is uh, this is the age of um, Call of Duty and uh, oh, what's the other one? The Tom Clancy one that was more like tactical. Splinter Cell? No. Oh God, I can't even remember. There's Ghost Recon. Ghost Recon. Thank okay, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely looking a lot like a Ghost Recon cover there. If I've ever seen one, but then a year later, this was in development in the, the whole time. Resident Evil Seven. Uh, no, I Resident imagine. Evil E7. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Because <laughs> they started to do the things where they put the numbers, yeah, yeah. the Roman numeral numbers Resident into the name. Resident E7, colon, biohazard. <laughs> so, my bad. Which is funny that they use, like, out of curiosity, what is this titled in Japan and biohazard, biohazard? Yeah, biohazard. Yeah, yeah. But, no, no, but what is this called? Because we know that Resident Evil is called biohazard in the European and Japanese markets. First of all, at this point, did they rename it Resident Evil globally? Uh, you know, they might have. They might have, actually. Because right now it's called Resident Evil Biohazard, so if they didn't change that, it would have been Biohazard, Biohazard. Biohazard Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Yeah. yeah, they could do that, yeah. <laughs> Biohazard 7. You know what? Evil. That actually makes sense, considering the story plot of this one. Like, the name Resident Evil makes sense. Yeah. Because this is sort of the, um, um, what, what would they call it? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Uh, one. Oh yeah, this is okay. Yeah, did I play this? I if I didn't play this, I at least watched the entire thing. This is where Resident Evil finally got not shitty for me, and uh, it, it this hit its mark too. I believe great reviews it came out to sold well. Uh, I, I recall this being kind of a big event for gaming in general. It is. Um, oh yeah, great reviews across the board. Yeah, it's eleven. It sold eleven million units. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Metacritic, PS4 was 86, Xbox One was 86. So, yeah, pretty pretty good reviews all around, too. Yeah, it sold 11 million. Wow. This was amazing because this is the first of the first-person shooters, right? Oh, interesting. It's a call-out here to uh, one of the designers from Spec Ops The Line was working on this. So yeah, so <laughs> here... That's, that's weird. Here's what's really weird. Probably about, because of the shooting elements. Yeah, yeah, here's what's really weird about this game is... Again, these games are built upon... I, I don't find that these games are defining the genre. They're being defined by their generation. Yeah. So in this game, it was clearly impacted by games like Fear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fear 1 and 2 were awesome. Yeah. yeah. So like this game was clearly trying to be Fear. Yeah. And... Same was obviously Village. So, th so just to be clear for anybody who doesn't isn't familiar, this is the first one that does the first person view. This yeah. is the uh, well in a in a full three D environment. This is also the first one where it's mostly based on characters, right? Because now they have I forget what are their names. Ethan, Ethan Winters. Well, Ethan Winters has to go. Ch he's just a dude who has to go get yeah. find his wife. But he meets. He goes into like the che Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. Group yeah, that's a bunch of lunatics. So, and he has to try and escape their lunatic household. That is so awesome. And that's what this is all Baker about. Baker family. Baker family, yeah. yeah. So th this one I find is different than the rest. Because, oh, humanoid fungal creatures known as the molded. Is that Was that before or after Last of Us? 
Uh, no, this was, so here's the, it was, I don't know, but here's the deal is the fungal creatures was kind of what, uh, number, no, four was four was that right? Because four wasn't a zombie virus. They were creatures with like parasites inside. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So, and they had mold before, like it was, the game has expanded its science of stuff. So it's, it's not crazy. So last of us is the same universe as what you're saying. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It would actually it would make track. Sense. It would track. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, so Last of Us, the TV show, is the best Resident Evil ever made. <laughs> <laughs> that I can agree with. Hell yeah, man. All right. <laughs> but no, it was pretty. I think this was my favorite because it was character driven, and I did feel like when you're playing through Ethan, and there are some really confusing confusing things that just don't make sense. Where they, I think, I think this is the game where they cut off his hand and staple it back on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and things don't quite make sense. Yeah. That like the, uh, like that, and you're like, okay. Well, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about we'll that. We'll deal with that in Village. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it didn't really make much sense, And I, but I thought it was really cool. I thought this whole, these characters that would just pop out of nowhere. And Remember number two? They had the guy with the trench coat, yeah. Honk, who would just show up out of nowhere. Yeah. Clearly this concept of you just walking down an aisle, and then someone just shows up and fucks your day up. Yeah. Is... Something they've had in this game for a long time is a good scare. This one really did it well because you'd suddenly have one of the bakers just burst through a wall and be there. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, was it like, uh, so the like half naked pig headed man chasing you around a garage? Like, with that was one of them. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. What a family, dude. Yeah. What a family. This also had, uh, didn't this also have like, I swear it had like choices or something that could affect the outcome? I don't remember. I know that at the end you could choose to save your wife or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there are some choices. <laughs> I don't remember all of the um, choices. I think I just remember the one where you could cure your wife or not, Mia or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Obviously, you chose to cure her in canon because she shows up in Village. Oh, true. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. It, it's. It, I thought it was. I thought it was fun, and I. I think a lot of other people did, um, but a lot of people are still angry that it's not. Um, Resident Evil. I think that's a huge factor in Resident Evil. Is they're constantly changing their style. Yeah. Which keeps them fresh and new, but also it alienates some of your old things. It it, it Well, Chris Redfield's implied in this. That's interesting. Yeah, he is implied, yeah. Because yeah. he helps you escape yep. in a helicopter. So I, I think there's enough things to say this is canon. Oh, it's canon. Yeah. It's oh it's canon. It's absolutely canon. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely canon. So inter- interesting game, interesting time as well for 2017 for that to come out and uh, just make as big of a splash as it did. Um, this, this, you know, I, I recall being a, a huge hit on PC as well. So just people yeah. were gravitating to it on PC and, and a lot of the reviews I saw. Well, came with from it being PC. first person, it was easier to play. It was and better to play. Th- this is also the first one in the age of streaming as well. So I, I recall seeing this as one of the like first major games I remember seeing streamed a lot. Really? So, yeah. yeah. I guess so. Yeah. This was right at the beginning of like Twitch and all that. Yeah, so. It was a great game. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool. So following that success, so they made a bunch of money there. Very, very happy. Uh, they since went into remakes. So Resident Evil 2 remake. They came out in 2019. Resident Evil 3 remake came out in 2020. Both came out to great acclaim. Resident Evil 2, however, uh, got pretty near, damn near perfect review scores. Which I think was a good idea because remember all these people that came in in 4. Yep. Now all these people that came in in seven yep and now they're saying hey go play the past remember there's all these people that came in in later numbers so now it's hard for them to experience the whole story from the beginning yeah and we were clearly living through a new renaissance yep yep i agree and the new renaissance definitely took it a long way i think they made quite a lot of money on this actually won a lot of awards too 
which is pretty cool. Oh yeah, for nominated sure. for virtually everything. Oh yeah, the the number two remake, which is hilarious. Dice Game Awards um, won a Golden Joystick, won Japan Game Awards, Game Critics Awards, it won Best of Show. Like just really, really, really impressive for a remake game uh, to be pulling all that. Very, very impressive. Um, God, it looked fucking good too. The streams for this I watched just looked amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, just very. It was very a nice gorgeous game. game. Scared the shit out of people. It's amazing. And then Resident Evil Three Remake. So yep. definitely also very good. Came out not, not quite to the acclaim Resident Evil Two did. I think it still did pretty well for itself though overall. It's sad that I didn't even know. I forgot this one exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember one and two. I forgot about three. That's because it came out right at the beginning of COVID. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that when it came out? Yeah, it came out uh, April third, twenty twenty. That was like we were in lockdown. We were like, in unless lockdown. you could download it. Like there was no way to get it. Which by then you downloaded all your games. By, so, at this point, unless you were in the U.S., where GameStop was considered an essential service. Are you serious? So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. They stayed open. Wow. <laughs> Wild. Yep. Curbside, baby. Curbside. So let's see. Then it was Resident Evil Resistance. I'll be honest with you. I don't have a fucking clue what this is. No. What the frick is this? Dedicated server survival horror game developed by blah, blah, blah. blah what is this? It like a four survivor players competing against a mastermind player. Oh, oh I do remember this. It's Rob like a MOBA. Rob tried to get me to play this and I never did. Um, yeah, it, no, 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 it's not a MOBA. What it is is, um, so let's see if I can find that. Did you ever play those games? Um, there's another game I really preferred over this one. Uh, asymmetrical combat game. So think like, uh, oh, what's that game with the huge beast that you fought? Like four survivors had to fight like a trap, a huge. Evolution. evolution. Uh, evolve. Evolve, yeah. Evolve. And uh, so think of that. Yep. Except horror so you were like a ai mastermind inside okay. of a facility and you had to stop the um survivors from getting out they had oh, to work together gotcha. get keys you know do the survivor thing do gotcha. the resident evil survivor there, thing. so they were get steps to, they, to, to get out and you would either like just send you had points to allocate type of thing or yeah. you had i don't know rob could describe it better than me but you could um allocate certain things like you can set off certain traps you can pre-set up a trap and then you'd set off a monster. You could take control of a, a, a nemesis-type monster to fight them a bit. And your Wild. job was to beat them. Wild. So it was asymmetrical. Rob loved this game, How actually. did it do, I wonder? So it seems, seems like a pretty good idea. Uh, mid. <laughs> yeah, I did mid. But Rob loved that game. I, I always enjoyed... Um, there was another game that I always preferred. And I'm forgetting it, where you played against the more classical mythical monsters. But it was still in early access when I played it. You played against, like, Bloody Mary and the... Um, the weeping angels and stuff oh, like gotcha. that. Oh, gotcha. Interesting. Um, it was way cooler. Uh, now, Resident Evil Village. This this was this the is one. Eight. Uh, it's eight age. Oh, <laughs> you're right. It's, uh, it's, it's not even really eight because it's VII dot I age. So that's like seven one age. Seven point five one six age. seven. I guess that's, yeah. Resident Evil it's, 7. it's incorrectly eight. written. Eight. <laughs> yeah, there's one too many dots in there. So it's 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 new, Roman numeral seven dot I dot age. So yeah. It was funny because I never realized this was called Resident because notice the name above it is just Resident Evil Yeah. Village. Well, I Whereas see the, the, the little dots are supposed to be part of the L. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this just made it all gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you see that like Resident Evil Seven, Biohazard. Yeah. And then Resident Evil Village. I didn't actually realize that Resident Evil Village was one of the numbered ones for a very long time. Interesting. So eight eight age Resident Evil. So yeah. very nice. Very, very nice. weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, of course, it, now this, uh, this should be fresh in everyone's minds for one reason, one reason only. <laughs> 
So this Big is Mama the, Damascus. Big, yeah, yeah. So the uh, Big Mama vampire that was in there. So yeah. it's like what nine foot tall, uh, Victorian looking vamp vampress. Yeah, this obviously followed number seven. Like this was clearly a you know uh, the the also starring Ethan Winters. Yeah, yeah, same characters. Yep. Um, this one they definitely involve Redfield oh, Demetriscu. Demetris, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can never pronounce it. Um, she, sorry, Redfield shows up in this one and just like, like pops off your wife. Yeah. And then steals your baby. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great entrance because everyone knows Redfield as being a generally good guy. So it was like, what the fuck is going on? And he's flying around in a helicopter. I mean, we already knew that. For those who've played it before I already know he's flying in a helicopter that has like the symbol that looks very similar to um umbrella yeah which i think you find at the end of number seven yeah when you're flying away it's, yep it's you, the umbrella you see like, it on the you see it on the on the helicopter yeah, you're like yeah, oh my yeah, god yeah. is that an umbrella but then you realize right no that's um like the anti-umbrella company Look, he's, he's a real company man that's all you need to know about chris redfield he's a real company man he uh he worked <laughs> his way up he's just an honest guy you know so that's all you gotta i do like that they him. finally admit why ethan winters can just take as much destruction as he has and survive why was that so, Wait, spoiler warning. Yeah. So in number seven, um, he died in like the beginning of number oh, seven. Oh, okay. okay. And he became mold. He became the fungus, just like the, okay. the Baker family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So, but he can like not fully transform. Well, he doesn't know he can, so he doesn't oh, have like full, he doesn't okay. have full powers. Gotcha. But he can like staple himself on and keep going. Cause he, I don't know. He just figured it just uh, works. <laughs> Just works, dude. Just well, staple it back on. He can do it. Like, it's possible. He just doesn't know he can do it. Um, but by the end of seven, his entire family are just mold people. That's, that's a good, uh, that's a good, good plot, I guess. So like, just staple it back on. They're rocking. all, they're all mold people and they just live a life of normal humans. <laughs> but these were full, these were all full on vampires though, right? Like undead vampires. Not exactly. No. No. So the story arc here is that I forget her name. Uh, Mama something. Demetriscu. No, no. Her boss. Um, I forget her name. The original um, creator. So there's one character that's the original creator um, of everything. Yeah. Dur she was around during the Spanish flu. Okay. And she lost her kid and she went down and found a bunch of mushrooms that are fungus. Yeah. And she went to go die basically. And she found a bunch of fungus that kept her alive. Oh. And she eventually, it was her science and her research that led to Umbrella existing and led to the bio research gotcha. that Umbrella did. Gotcha. Now, this is not taking place in the past, but the lady who did that has gone insane. Okay. And through circumstances, trying to get Ethan's kid to turn her into her own kid because um, fungus people. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's such a Resident Evil storyline. It is. <laughs> it totally it. is. You gotta love it. Yeah. Um, pretty fucking cool game. No, definitely, uh, definitely worth a watch or worth a play. Um, Heavily, I, heavily streamed, heavily memed as well because of Lady Dementors. Yeah, I think 7 and 8 are way better Resident Evils because they are horrors. They are character, I call them character horrors. Yeah. Where it's not about the action of shooting. That's that's something you do between the good stuff. Yeah. But I also recently was introduced to a concept from uh, Rich from Raised by Spoilers when we were talking about God of War. Is there are certain things that I feel would have been better as a movie or a show okay. than a game. Okay. And I feel like Resident Evil 7 and 8, the shooting and the action in between are just boring things till you get to the good stuff, which is like the cutscenes and oh. the story and the character interactions. Huh. And I feel like these would be better off as a show, as a, t a horror TV show. Interesting. Interesting. So there, and, and I see what you're saying about eras. This is definitely, 
sort of a separate era for Resident Evil 7 and 8 compared to what came before. So it's yeah. kind of like 7 and 8, 5 and 6 was its own thing, 4 is kind of standalone, and then like 1 to 3 plus 0. Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. It's like they they, they tend to they tend to group themselves together in that way. And even even the remake, there's the remake era that we're in now, and they're all third-person action shooters, right? So based on yes. Resident Evil 2, 3, and now 4 coming out this month. Yep, yep. And uh, the rumored Resident Evil 1 remake as well. I, I swear I heard about it, but we'll see what happens. So, uh, but yeah, that, that catches us completely up here. So we are now all the way caught up to 2023. There was also uh, something coming out in 2022 that was, well, I don't even know if it came out. Resident Evil RE-verse? What's Ver that? I never heard of it. And you know what? Who cares? Because we've been going on on this for a while. So Resident <laughs> Evil Remake's about to drop here. Uh, people are pretty excited about it. Getting lots and lots of uh, playtime online. It's going to be well. interesting because again, this was a this was a weird game, right? Stylistically, it was its very own game in comparison to all the other ones. Yeah. So whatever comes out from this one is going to be strange. Yeah. I'm I'm interested. I'm curious. Is it a full remake? Have we dis have they discussed that? Yeah, it's a full remake. Oh, you're still saving Ashley Graham now. Of course you are. Well, I thought story. she was the vice president's daughter. No, she's the president's daughter. Oh my god, that ups the stakes. Yeah, yeah, that ups the stakes big time. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Mr. President, I will go and save your daughter from the Spanish cold. So that's <laughs> that's awesome, dude. It's definitely a wild story arc. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to see this one. That looks fucking sweet. Yeah, I I'm just curious about this game because it feels so schlocky. Its story arcs are so schlocky and weird. And the oh, you movies mean saving the president's daughter. Well, just not even that, but like the the same villains showing up over and over and gotcha. over again. Gotcha. The weird story. Also, arc the mysterious man selling you weapons. The mysterious yeah, man selling you weapons. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about him. <laughs> just there selling guns. Just there. Don't worry about it. Like I don't know. It's just the game is so weird that it takes itself. <laughs> I love so that there's seriously. a price on saving Europe or whatever, and it's just however much money you can amass to pay this man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot that just reminded me. What if you couldn't actually afford the grenade launcher? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you figured, like, the, the president would have sent you with more money. <laughs> you're, like, you're take a million dollars to save my daughter. Just take it. Just you know take, what I mean? I, like, you'd think they'd send an army. Yeah, yeah. He said he would be like, you pay the guy one time, here's a million bucks. He just dumps everything on the ground. This is clearly away. the wrong generation because you know that, like, Obama would be like, uh, they have my daughter. Uh, nuke them. Yeah, I've got to, uh, uh, drone, 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 drone strike. Drone strike. <laughs> uh, We're going to do a drone strike. <laughs> I don't think, I can't do an Obama voice. I, I, I can't do it either. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, can, I can do his hand gestures for Yeah, a you, you are, you are. Yeah, You're doing yeah, a hand gesture. Yeah, yeah. Drone strike. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened nowadays. <laughs> so 100%. Or a full-scale invasion. But I don't know. I, I so I gotta know. So what are what do you say are like the pillars of what makes a Resident Evil game that cannot be changed throughout its entire time? Ooh, what um, if if they broke these, you'd be like, that's not a Resident. I would Evil say game. An, an attempt at a horror style element. So okay. whether whether that's you know, and they've been over so much stuff now, like a, a full scale you know zombie invasion versus you know creeping around the scary mansion versus uh, you know creeping around a scary village or two. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and getting surprised and or attacked by things that yeah. want to kill you. So I think that has to be part of it. So just uh, the imminent sense of uh, danger, right? Sort of throughout. Um, other things, um, so weaponry and ways that you use the weaponry and sort of being creative with it. And I'm thinking back to the originals where, where, you know, you're, you're able to use multiple different weapons. Tactical to action. Yeah. Tactical action. I would say. Or, yeah. re or resource conscious action. Yeah. 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 Correct. Correct. And then, um, and yeah, I think, I think those are the mainstays. Okay. I think those are the things they have to always be there. I, I think you're right. I think horror is the key. And I think... It's weird that Resident Evil, because it's evolved so much throughout its time, mm -hmm. that's pretty much the only requirement. 
Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Is it needs to be modern era. I don't even think it needs to be that, actually. If you made a Resident Evil in like the 1800s, where you used, you know, old pistols, like your revolver sweet. pistols. That would be sweet. Um, and you're, you know, you're in like the Civil War era yeah. or something. Uh, we could live with that. Like, oh, the, this fungus that has existed in this cave. Like, it's not Umbrella anymore. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, oh, this fungus that existed or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, that would totally work. It's not the modern era. You don't need that. I think you're right. It's All it needs is um, kind of Cthulian or, or straight up John Romero type Dawn of the Dead zombies. Yep. You need one of those two. Right, it's evolved from. Zo- I think a Cthulhu mythos would be cool for this. It would be, but yeah. that's kind of what we've got nowadays. Yeah. Except that we, it's not supernatural Cthulian. It's like science, scientific yeah, yeah. Cthulian. Yeah. But it's still creatures that boggle your mind right. and just aren't right. You know, body yeah, yeah. horror that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. I think you need body horror and horror in general. Yeah, and I think that would pretty much. And I think shooting. I think it has to be shooting. You couldn't do like a like an Oblivion sword swinging. I don't think that would play out. I think that. Stops it from being a Resident Evil. Yeah, it wouldn't be as fun. I think the whole fun. resource management, I think, is an Although there impact. was a series that did well with that, that exact thing you're talking about. Uh, back in the day, it was called Nightmare Creatures. I never heard of that one. So sweet. Action uh, action title, where you fight, like, zombies and midnight, like, nightmare oh, interesting. creatures and werewolves and shit like that. And, yeah, it was, it was just fucking cool. Oh. So, yeah, you got to check it out sometime. It was on N64. So, I would love them to come up with a modern version of that. That would be. That, yeah. All right, cool. So, now sick. we've answered that. Now I got to ask the question. After all of that that we've gone through, do you think this series deserves to live on? Do you think it still has something to offer us? Both TVs, movies. Yeah, we forgot about to talk about the, the Netflix. The, there's the animated movies, which we won't, we won't go into. But yeah. there's the animated movies, which kind of go up and down. Yeah. They mostly follow Leon. Um, and then there's also the TV series. That just came out last year. A yeah, whole yeah. season of it, and it already got canceled. Because it, it's shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty rough. Pretty rough go. Um, they spend an entire plot line following... Um, I think it's Wesker's kids. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. The, the, they're, in theory, clones or something yeah. like that. And it's them doing like a mystery research, not during right. apocalyptics. Like, who wants it? That's not what we want. Yeah, and it, and it <laughs> takes place in like a uh, like a sort of like a suburbia. pre-built like umbrella community yeah. full of people who work for Umbrella. So it's like them and all their kids all living in this community. And then they just, I don't know, it's not weird. a very good show. Kind of disappointing. I, I just, it's just weird. Like, on properties that are not licensed, they tend to hit pretty well for horror on like Netflix. Yeah. I'm thinking of like Midnight Mass and stuff like that. Well, those are all the same creator. Midnight yes. Mass, uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, yeah Haunting of Hill they're House. They're all the same yeah, creator. Yeah. Those are great. Those are so, But they're yeah, all the same creator. Give this movie to them. Yeah. But I also think that that creator would do better with a Silent Hill. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Than absolutely. with a Resident Evil. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I would say if, uh, for, for visual media, just stop. Don't. Like movies, TV, yeah. just don't do anymore. It's dead. It's over. So as far as... Um, don't want to give them another shot? No, not really. As far as games go, though, I think they've gone to such a great length to reinvent themselves with the 7 and 8 sort of mm-hmm. mashup and then also uh, the remakes. I, I think it could keep going. So you think that if this was like, say, if we were still talking during like the uh, Resident Evil 6 era, you'd, you'd, you'd have called it. If we ended at 2016's Umbrella Core, I would say end it. <laughs> Okay. It's done. But because of the new resurgence of the remakes and 7 and 8, yep. it, it, it kind of resurged your... Yeah. You know what's weird is I came to the same conclusion. <laughs> yeah. But I will add this caveat. I've been saying this entire time that I find that Resident Evil does not define a genre. It does not define itself. It is not its own hmm. thing. Hmm. It doesn't stand as a pillar. 
It doesn't say, I am Resident Evil, this is what I do. What it does is say, the world has reflected upon me, and I give you something in return. Yeah, yeah. To me, that doesn't deserve to continue. You as a franchise need Mm. to define yourself uniquely, and it doesn't. It hasn't defined itself uniquely in, it did back in the day, Mm. right? It defined itself in its combat, its mechanism, even was kind of based on Sweet Home. Um, it kind of defined itself in four because yeah. it, it defined Devil May Cry, not the other way around, really. Um, and then ever since then, it's been struggling. It was defined by um, uh, Gears of War for five and yeah. six. And then it was defined in this one. It was defined by, hilariously enough, I find seven and eight are, there were clones like or games that like tried to be the new Resident Evil yeah. after five and six. And they made that first person jump like fear. Like, it's a great yeah, example. Yeah. That game, to me, did Resident Evil better than Resident Evil did at the time. Now they're just trying to copy off of those games that did that. And also, even Doom 3 kind of tried to do the first-person horror But thing. what is out-Resident Evil-ing Resident Evil right now? At this exact moment, nothing. But here's That's the, the problem. Uh, you're not wrong, but my problem is they're not themselves. They are not a pillar. So they do not, as a mass Sometimes franchise... Sometimes last the longest... <laughs> Yeah, but that doesn't make them worth living. No, it doesn't. But that's my that's my argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is I've talked about liking valid argument. I've talked about loving seven and eight. Yeah. But my problem with it is I can't sit here and rightfully say because it's Resident Evil. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You could call that game fuckboy tomboy. Yeah. And I would still love that game. Well, it doesn't it it doesn't matter. Let me run this one by you. So another great first person franchise in in more of a modern era. Let me run this by you that stuck to its roots and defined who defined what it was and then tried to do that thing was was Bioshock and sort of, you know, also survival horror, right, to some extent. Yeah. But, but you get to Bioshock Infinite and uh, I, my favorite game of the series, not not many people's though. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that was the last one. And, and there's a reason for that because they took a formula that worked well. They defined themselves very clearly and then they kind of wore it out quickly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just and then it just sort of imploded. And I'm fine with that, but I'm I'm one of those people that um, you need to die die a hero. Don't live long enough, become a villain. I got you. And that's to me what a lot of these franchise, what a lot of these discussions yeah. are about. Is I feel it should have. I mean, it got reinvented, and that's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm on I'm on the brink, man. Like, there's a part of me that thinks it should definitely die. But with the new reinvigoration, I'm kind of tempted to see where it goes. But they've done two good games. Call it. You're done. That's. <laughs> Ha! This is the game industry, my friend. They're going to beat this thing into the absolute dust. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. But I I don't... I'm torn on this one because I do enjoy the games, but I I just... I struggle to think they're Resident Evil games at this point. Uh, So let's see. It did... In its first week, it shipped 3 mil. But what did it do ultimately in sales? It reached 6.4. And that's for the latest. Like, that's not... That's not bad. It's not bad, but it's not great. No, it's not as big as their other franchises. No, certainly. but my point is, is um, they they have ultimately changed themselves so much. They are not the they are not a Resident Evil game anymore. Yeah, right. It's kind of like if suddenly you are playing chess and there's five dimensions to it, and there's a card game added on. Yeah, is that really chess anymore? No, no, it's not. So is this Resident Evil? No. Go call it something else. Start something new. Start a new... Have the balls to start a new franchise. Just call it the Japanese title. Sure. Biohazado Vireji. Vireji. But you get my point. I think it. I think the name 
needs to die and they need to reinvigorate the universe. Yeah, fair enough. And instead enough. of focusing on the biohazard, what they can do is focus on um, supernatural and do the whole character stuff. Yeah, Like I they've agree. done in the last one. I agree. But it doesn't need to be a, a, yeah. a biohazard. Well, it'll be interesting because certainly they're working on an original title in the background that would basically be Resident Evil 9. So I'm kind of curious if they finish off this sort of trilogy with another first-person title See how starring goes. Ethan and, and if it's any good. Ethan, Ethan's dead. Oh, what? He dies at the end of it. Oh, I guess I didn't see the end of it. Yeah, he dies at the end so of it. So, spoiler warning, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Only his ch- technical mold child and mold wife survive. Oh, okay. Good for them. So, just molding about. Just molding, doing yeah. their mold thing. And they thing. killed the progenitor of all of the viruses. Okay, well, good. I mean, yeah, that doesn't help you any. <laughs> but So, they basically have to do something new. <laughs> no, no, because this character just showed up for, like, they just introduced this character. It'd be cool to see, like, a game based in, like, the Call of Cthulhu universe. I made by these guys. That is what I would love to see. That's what I mean. Get rid of resident evil. Get rid of these chains that bind you Yeah, and go do something wild. I want more Cthulhu in gaming. Yeah. I want a lot of it. So I think it's a cool mythos. I think it's a cool thing to dive into and, and and there's just not enough of it in gaming. That's what I mean. Go more supernatural. I I think this needs to die and start anew, find something cooler or different. Yeah. And we'll be cool with this. They never will though. They never will. Because Lovecraft. He's a bit of a, bit of a problem, that guy. Yeah, but he's giving out everything for free. You can get, you can get his, you can, you can get his stuff. Oh, true. It's, it's true. I think he's a, I think he's in, uh, what's it called? Free use now at this point. Uh, yeah, it's been that long. Yeah, I mean, he's right. a giant fucking racist prick, but yeah. 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 But yeah. maybe maybe the boss is like a Hitler Lovecraft and you have to kill him. <laughs> That's why I've always loved uh, the book and the show Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Because it's just a giant middle finger to that guy. Oh, to Lovecraft. So, uh, cool. All right, That's great. Resident Evil franchise, baby. Yes. So um, moving on to some playing and watching. Yeah, let's do some pow. Pow, playing and or watching. And in this section, we're going to discuss what we've been playing and or watching or reading or whatever whatever we're doing, really. Yeah. Whatever we're doing. So, or some news, if there's something worth newsworthy. There isn't right now. So, well, there was uh, a couple weeks ago, there was actually the Sony State of Play. We kind of went over that. Did we go over that last a week? A little bit, yeah. We did go over it last week. Yeah. So there wasn't a huge amount of information there. But what did drop that I am playing right now, <laughs> very excited about is Octopath 2. I'm curious, did you play the first one? Yes, thoroughly. Did you like the first one? Yes, I did very much. How much better or worse? Uh, same, same in a lot of ways, yeah. I would say. Um, I would say so far I like it as much. I'm only like six hours in, so it's hard to tell at this point. Okay. So uh, I'm hearing it's like a hundred hour long game if you complete all the chapters <laughs> and all the stories. So it could be very, very long. What I would say is uh, it, it's it's for the first six hours, first impressions, it's pretty fucking charming. Yeah. So I'll tell you that. Um, it's hitting all the right notes for JRPG. Yeah. Know all the right notes for combat. It's uh, is it very similar combat as the first one? So similar, okay. So similar. I mean, each character kind of has their own things they do, but that's what I love about the series is they're very imaginative with how you use each character. Everybody feels very unique from one another, yeah, and, I, and I quite like that. I quite like that. So your strategy changes quite drastically based on who you have in the party. Um, I do find myself utilizing the. Um, I, I can't remember. It's like the Bravely Default thing where you defend to build up your oh, attack yeah, meter. Yeah. I forget what it's called in this. Yeah. So I do tend to use that we'll a lot. We'll call it the Brave and Default system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it is that, right? Yeah. So, and then, uh, but I, I find myself using that a lot, uh, which uh, I did in the first game as well. That makes so, sense. Uh, so I, I, but honestly, the games were great so far. The, the few characters that I've unlocked so far to play with are just awesome. I really, really like them. One is, uh, one is a sort of, uh, not is- an alchemist, but... Um, she makes medicines and stuff. Are there any characters that are that that uh, are in the follow up from the first go to the second one? Not that all I can tell characters? yet. Yeah, no, no, nobody I've seen yet. Is it all voice acted or is it? All, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very all voice acted. Um, 
So, and then I unlocked a sort of samurai type, not samurai, more like a ronin slash Chinese warrior kind of character. More of a, of a Chinese mix. warrior, more no, of a Japanese. No, but mix of, mix of both in many ways. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, also a, um, what was the one? Just a dancer. Oh, okay, yeah, But yeah. she has the knife. You know how yeah, it goes. Of course, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's only two types of dancers, like the mesmerist dancer and the knife dancer. The well, she kind of does dancer. both. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah she kind of does both. There's one yeah. that does, like, does debuff dancers or buffs, and then there's the assassin oh. dancer. Oh, she does both. Yeah, she does <laughs> okay. the buffs and debuffs, and she assassins. Oh, okay. She does all these things, right? But but her character isn't an assassin. She's actually a very nice girl. Right? Oh, okay. She has big dreams. She's going to move to the big city. <laughs> She's going to be a dancer <laughs> on stage. So... <laughs> Hey, dancer, get over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to Hollywood, everybody. <laughs> going to Hollywood. Oh, so, you're just doing this to get money through school, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's funny because, like, just like in the first game, you kind of pick people up, other characters, and you kind of haphazardly. Like, when I walked into a village where this girl lives, like, her sister runs up, and she says, Hey, my sister's trying to get out of town. Looks like she can travel with you guys. How does that sound? And you're just like, all right. And then she's like, all right, see you later. And then you're, she's just standing there. And then it's like... Do you want to see the first chapter? Do you want to know how you got here? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's just it's so some things like that happen are very JRPG, yeah, yeah, sort of tropey. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's funny. Um, but no, there's nothing I've seen so far in the game that I've disliked so far. If any, if nothing else, I would say uh, so far the environments are even better looking than the first game. They're even okay. more filled out. It's it's like I said, it's quite charming. And I so. I played through the first one and I just couldn't. I couldn't. I I own it. I just couldn't. Uh, the combat really? was so basic to me, right? I had done the bravely in the default in yeah. brave and uh, bravely default. Yeah. And I had basically, I had mastered it. Like, I don't want to say I mastered it, but it, it stopped being a struggle. I'd learned to just kill enemies right away. Yeah. And then never have to use the default. Yeah. And I did the same thing. Like it became so formulaic. The combat became so boring to me. Well, you, you could do that. I mean, I, I've already stumbled into, one thing that is different about this game is I would say the first one, actually, your paths felt more linear. Yes, And for in sure. this, they're somewhat less linear. So okay. I, there, I get the sense that there's several directions I could have already gone in the game from my starting point. Okay. And I just went the way I did. So uh, be, be, because, like, those are areas I could survive in, right? See, I felt uh, I felt the combat happened too often because I think they still had random combat, right? In the first, they, they have random combat? In the yeah, there's, there's random combat yeah. encounters. And I felt like, okay, this is, not a, this is not a good enough combat system to make me want to keep doing random combats. That annoyed the shit out of me. Hmm. And then the story arcs felt so, not contrived, but simple, as in I predicted them. Uh, so far, two of the three that I've encountered are pretty good. One of them sort of meh. It's in the middle of the road. I just I just found the first one didn't grab my attention. So when two was announced, I went. It's anything like one? I just I, I can't see myself. Well, if caring. I purchased a physical copy, I would lend it to you, but yeah, I didn't. didn't so no. yeah, yeah. No, instead I played Chained Echoes. <laughs> yeah, which I, my understanding is very good. So I got to play that after. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I would say for anybody who's a big a big fan, current fan of JRPGs, and you haven't been turned off in any substantive way this is going to be a good one for you it calls on all the roots of jrpgs so far um in fact if if you're a fan of even like live alive uh live alive out, yeah, live, live alive live alive so i was not a huge fan of that one because i am a huge fan of octopath and and i thought live alive just fell short so yeah, yeah. live alive i don't think i ever i talked a big talk about it when we had it yeah. on here and i never finished it it's it, what's funny about it is it's kind of a pre-octopath it's just not as good. I think the problem that I had with it is I played all the good story arcs 
at first. Uh, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is so good. And then it kind when of... When you get to the talkie story arcs. When you get to the talkie story arcs, things got a little bit more dry. Yep. And then not only that, but it kind of felt sucky to restart over and over and over again. Yeah. So you didn't get that sense of power progression. Yep. Which is key to JRPG, that... that and now you're like, oh, yeah, I get another ability. You didn't really get that in Live Alive. So. In, in Octopath, you definitely get that because once you pick up another character, so you 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 definitely notice how much more efficient you are in battle. Oh, yeah. Because, like, each story starts with just you, yourself, with maybe one or two side characters kind of battling. And then by the time you, you start uniting your team together and you realize, oh, shit, like, we're actually pretty fucking tough together. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, we're like, jealous. It's, it's cool. It's cool, man. I quite like that about it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. So, based on my first impression, I, I'm loving it. I wish it had a bit... It's, it's weird that I say this, but I, I feel like a game like that would benefit more from the similar combat as, like, something like Chain Echoes, where Chain Echoes, you have a total of, like, an eight-party team, and you swap them out regularly. Yeah. So, you get to see more of, like, if Octopath... How many characters in Octopath Traveler, give or take? Whoa. Eight. Eight. And how many do you have on the field in any given fight? Max four, I think. Yeah. So Chain Echoes, you'll see all four, all eight of your players constantly. Yeah. So you get this sense of it is a it is a party. You have your main characters, but then you have like your party swapping in and yeah, out. Yeah. So it, it feels like less your characters and then those side characters that yep. stay in the inventory screen. Yep. It feels less like that. And I feel like that. Well, battles become complex just because of that though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like um, that concept would have played better in something like Octopath Traveler, where you're forced to play with all your different characters throughout any single combat. Yeah, maybe. I felt like that would have done really well to really emphasize the, we're a bunch of random people having random backstories that all coalesce. Yeah. Because that's kind of what it is. It's these different vignettes of these different characters yeah. that somehow coalesce into this bigger story. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so far, so good. I'm going to let you know if it goes south at all, but I quite like the first one. This one is same. Slightly better so far, I guess. The you know, but but a lot of the same. So if, if you, you like, like the, the first, first one, yeah, you're gonna love this one. So that sounds good. Guarantee it. It it sounds good that they can just it. The switch has brought back classical JRPGs. Oh yeah, it's such a huge way. It's brought back so many old classic games that we grew up on. Yeah, really. yeah. If if you're a JRPG fan, the Switch is the place for you. 100%, yeah, percent, hundred percent, for sure. Especially with something like uh, Zeno Gear. Is it Zeno Gears? Zeno Blade Chronicles. Oh yeah, that came back. Yeah, really. The only thing you're missing is the Final Fantasy VII remakes. So, but you know, eventually, True. eventually, so we'll <laughs> you'll see. get there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, you didn't get a reunion either. No, no, no. Um, I have been playing um, Orcs Must Die Three, which is a re weird, weird little tangent one. Were you talking about that one recently? Was I? I think so. Describe it. Uh, you fight against it's kind of like a tower defense where you've got a wave of orcs coming and you have to set up traps and various uh, designs in order to stop them from getting yeah. to your rift. Yeah. So yeah, I did talk about that. I'm pretty sure. Oh, well. <laughs> I haven't really, like, what, what have I been doing? Oh my God. Oh, I, play, I apparently I'm starting another run of, uh, or I'm replaying a bit of Elden Ring to help my wife um, nice. pl platinum it. Nice. Because God knows she needs my help in that game. Did you guys see Ant-Man? No. 
What? You were supposed to see Ant-Man. I know, I know. So it's the best Star Wars in Star Wars, I'm telling you. I, I spent this entire time re-watching and replaying some of the Resident Evil stuff instead so I could be oh, more prepared for fair. this. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. I realized how much I've forgotten about this stuff. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes all the way back to, what, 1996? So, yeah, yeah. I, I'd forgotten so many story arcs. It's only, and, it's only like 27 years of games. Yeah. Like, whatever, dude. It was just so weird because I, I was watching uh, it was some things I played, some things I watched because I can't go through all of resident evil and remind myself of it all just by playing those games there's not enough time uh in a week well in like you know a week or two that we prep and um i was going through and i was just so like oh my god i forgot about this oh my god i forgot about that uh, it was wild you, you gotta see this man like it's so divisive like google google users 82 percent like this movie Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, critic is uh, scroll down. Forty-seven percent audience is eighty-three percent. This why, is this is one why of those is films. audience is eighty-three. But that's what I'm saying. This is one of those films the audiences just love, and the critics. Do just you know what that tells hate. me? It tells me it's trendy to hate on it. That's no, what it tells me. No. Yes. 100%. That's not what it tells me because it's a good movie. No. What tells me is a very simple, basic movie that has no complexity to it. Because for whatever reason, most audiences like really simple, basic story arcs. And I am not that guy. Well, well, then people weren't watching it. I don't know. I, I if that's what they. I thought. assume it's not deeper, or it's a classic movie where everything that's it's done a superhero re- movie. Yeah, but does it reset itself at the end to back to like? Because that's the problem with what you know. What? What do you mean reset itself? You know what? It in, it okay. Spoiler warning here. For it, it introduces the fucking Council of Kangs at the end. Yeah. Like, what the fuck else do you want? Okay. That is the big story arc baddie, is all the fucking Kangs. All right, here, here's what we'll do. Because we'll, maybe, I don't know when we should do it, but we should definitely do a Marvel franchise recap. As we I, I, I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed. I have been very, very upset with the latest, um, I don't even want to say, like, the, whatever, the part five or I'm sorry, none of, none of the last, like, five movies have been as bad as people say they are. They're just not. They're, they're just not. They're not great. So it's uh they're it, empty. That's the problem is they feel empty. They feel like a uh simple CG movie with action stuff but no real character growth or development or anything like that. No, this this one has character growth. It has development. Maybe uh, not maybe not so much of They definitely don't have it for the main character. Scott Lang, but for everybody yeah, but else it does. For villains, but that that you can only that can only carry no, not you even for, for so long. Not even for villains. Okay, well I don't. I don't believe you. <laughs> like who really? After we stop recording, I'm just gonna spoil the shit out of this. Okay. Who? Like, I got. I, who the? Who changes? Who at the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie? It's gonna stick around. Yeah. Actually, has character growth and is fundamentally a different character. Has experienced so, something new that has changed their ideology. His daughter and his mother-in-law. What? Don't fucking do dumb shit. So what do you mean? So the daughter did does dumb shit. Yeah. And she causes this whole problem. Yeah. And the mother learns, maybe I should tell people about like an entire universe within the quantum realm. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't hide that from my husband and their entire superhero family. Yeah. That's how comic books work. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> so that is that their only growth is, hey, don't be a fucking idiot child. And hey, maybe I should tell the truth sometimes. What other growth are you talking about? Real fucking character. Like, let's take a look at. Thor. This isn't fucking Batman. It sh- fucking should be. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what makes a good movie. Let's look at look at oh even. Let's take a look at Iron Man one or two, and talk about his. Okay, growth as let's a talk about Iron Man two. Like they're terrible movies, but at least they have character growth. 
they've got something where a character went from being the you know especially number one especially number one remember the number ones are like the ones that brought everyone's attention sure. to the shit the number ones clearly ca created character growth except for captain america who never has any character growth ever at any point until civil war which is why civil war is one of the best ones but why is captain america 2 like the best marvel film then which one's two winter soldier yeah, so uh, sorry, that's what I meant, Winter Soldier. Yeah. I didn't mean Civil War. I meant Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Yeah, Winter Soldier is the best one because yeah. Captain America, who's a character who didn't change in number one, changes in number yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. In a serious way. In a serious yeah. way. But he still keeps true to his cap. He just has to, I am not Patriot Boy anymore. I am Rights and Freedom Boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He does change. None of these characters have changed since their initial movies. And that's fine to not have those character changes in the big action pieces like the Avengers. You don't have time for that. Yeah. You just want an action scene. You want to see these characters that grew, this character grew here, this character grew here. Mm -hmm. And now because of their growth, they can join together. And you want to see the, the growth as a party, which is what you see in the first Avengers. Yeah. Um, you don't see that in any of the other movies. Ever since those movies, they stopped being like that. But we were all fine with that up until Infinity War. Spider-Man, like Spider-Man No Way Home, he definitely grew as a character. No. He was forced to. What did he grow? How did he change? He had to learn how to let go by the end of it because nobody remembered who the fuck he was. That's not letting... No, he was forced to. He didn't want to do it. He was forced to do it. Yeah, but he accepted it. That's not growth. That's, it is growth. That's a scientific fucking fact. No, but it, but it is growth. And his, I mean, he could have still tried to find a way to keep fighting that result or whatever, well, he but he is. chose to accept he it. He is. At the end, he's like, I'm going to go and like convince my girlfriend and whatever to try and... like I'm going to go interact with them again. No, he walked away from him without oh, trying right, to convince him. Right, he did. So, dude, it's, you, you, see, but this is the problem. Nah. Everybody's getting... You, you're on the bandwagon. You're one of these haters just fucking hating on these things. Look, is it as good as no. saying, like, the Batman was? No. There's no, a difference between but... hating it and thinking they're terrible movies, between thinking they're nothing movies. Oh, dude. They're movies of zero value. Oh, my God. There's a difference. I hate The Room, but I still love The Room. So, well, I, I, I think I think a lot of people are kind of missing the bus on this one. So, it's, it's a shame, though, because honestly, like, what, what, what it does for... What it does for sci-fi, what it does for Marvel, all good things in this movie. I feel like the new Marvel movies are more like... But you the also way... haven't seen it, so you still got to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen all the other ones. But... <laughs> what? The, but that's, the, that's what I'm trying to get in. Like, that's One the, movie is unlikely that's to change the, point the entire thing. I'm trying thing. to make, though. It's just like people passing judgment on it. I bet there's fucking reviewers who didn't even see it. Remember we were just talking about Resident Evil 6? Yeah. And we were talking about how it felt scientific? Yeah. That's what these movies feel like to me now. Like formulaic. Not just formulaic. No, formulaic is formulaic. I meant scientific. As in, it doesn't feel like a creator is creating something. Yeah. It feels like a council of people with money is making something. Which is not the same. It feels not creative. It feels not character-based. It feels like, how do we produce money? Yeah, it was... How do we suck money from these people? But this was so utterly bizarre that at no point in the film did any did it feel like that. I have That's seen bizarre. I have seen bizarre. Yeah, that this is not bizarre. You didn't everything see the movie. everywhere all at once is bizarre. <laughs> well, that this was good, is that not was, bizarre. That was a decent movie, but it was. But it was. Is it more or less bizarre than Doctor Strange's latest movie? Um, because that probably, movie wasn't more. That movie was not very bizarre at yeah. all. Not that, nearly that was, as bizarre as everyone wanted. It was it definitely to be. more. It was yeah. definitely more. It was not nearly as bizarre as people wanted it to be. All I'm saying is, I think you're missing out, man. That's I don't. The fact that they've not done Kang justice in most of this is, is it ruins it for me. Well, they just did at the end of this one. I I don't think so. What do you mean? Kang was supposed to be like he's kind of like Apocalypse from the X Men. No, you, th there's a whole 
shebang of kings. There's a whole ton of them. I the get Council that. Council of Kings. I, I get that, but that what I this this one here. This this was just like a bitch king they didn't like, and they fucking shoved. They just exiled him there. Oh, I, I get that, but he was supposed to be like the ruler of Egypt for a while, go through time. Well, yeah, those are different kings. Then they introduce him at the end of the film. I guess I don't, I don't I just I can't see this movie changing my opinion of Marvel. You're you're selling okay. How, what are we gonna bet on if this changes my opinion of the latest Marvels? Because right no, now no, I'm no, bored this, by them. No, no, I'm not saying this is gonna change your opinion I'm of the bored. latest ones. I'm saying could you watch this and potentially like it? Yeah, you might. What are you willing to bet on whether or not I like this? Because I will tell the truth. I'm Why a very do I honest have to guy. Bet something. Just go watch the fucking. No, movie. because right now you're telling me to go waste a bunch of time on something that's mad. I'll buy you the movie tickets if you want. That's still my time. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it's still time. I don't have. Look, orcs must die. It's still gonna be there when you get back home. No, not necessarily. <laughs> I play co-op, so I got another friend I'm playing with oh, on a regular basis. I have to put out my what is this? Two hours? We'll say two hours, maybe three hours. By the time I go in, did everything, it's three hours? It was two hours, yeah. Two hours. So by the time I do, it's two hours and a half, right? Give or take-ish. It better be damn well worth my two hours. Well, you know, just pregame a little bit, you know. Just pregame a little bit. <laughs> like, should I go watch Creed 3 instead? Which sounds way more interesting than this movie. With Jonathan Majors. Probably. <laughs> See, that's my point. <laughs> that's my point. Why would I do that? I would rather go watch Creed 3, and I haven't watched a Rocky movie Actually, in a very long time. I would also say... I kind of want to see Cocaine Bear, too. So maybe see Cocaine Bear first. <laughs> maybe that's the one we should review. Yeah, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> it's the best Marvel film. It's the absolute best Marvel film from Phase 5. Oh, oh my God. God. Okay, so yeah, so we're, we're subtle that it's Cocaine Bear for next week. Clearly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I got nothing else. That's it. So that's it. That's but- it. <laughs> that's it for this episode of Running. What? <laughs> the throat's dry. <laughs> this episode of Road to Geek and Fish Podcast, I'm exhausted. So this is Alex Austin signing off and Leon Plumbing and Adam. You can find us on Twitter at Ronin Geekery. Make sure to add us. Let us know what you think. Like, did you see Ant-Man? Did you hate it? Did you love it? Do you think Marvel Universe is dead? Do you want to see it restart? Like, what, what, what do you want? What do you want from me? Yeah. What do you want? Just, just, just tell us what you want. Yeah, tell us what you want and we'll tell them. So, but they won't <laughs> listen. So, and then, uh, so you can hit us up on there. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Ronin Geek News. You can listen to this podcast pretty much anywhere, but you can also listen to it on Bitcade podcast app and I would really appreciate that. So, we're always looking for listeners on Bitcade. Cool thing about Bitcade is we also have some bonus content posted, video content even, that you can unlock and help monetize the podcast as well. So, we can keep doing what we're doing or at least feel slightly motivated to. <laughs> so, to go see Ant-Man, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. somebody pay for this man's Ant-Man t- Tickets, so please so get, get them out there. I'll probably so. just take that money and go watch Creed. <laughs> watch Cocaine Bear. So anyway, that's it for this episode. Please listen also to Raised by Spoilers Pod. We'd really appreciate that as well. Cool. See you next week. Thank you.